This is the, the, the City Breakfast Show. It's the day after independence And we welcome Richie Sky and Godfrey Godfrey has come out of hiding And he has emerged He was submerged by the deluge of gold Yesterday Yesterday A number of concerned Ghanaians on social media In fact on Sunday They were saying look They are waiting for the city breakfast show on Monday Yes Because they want to hear how this thing will end Then Godfrey said Oh we are on break Yes 
announcing no, we on, on his own accord that he was on we are on, we on break or you are on break, we are on break. <laughs> after he was submerged by the deluge <laughs> of ghosts we are on break well, okay, he put his phone <laughs> under his pillow and he covered himself in a blanket Charlie by the first goal I just turned off I was telling you your tweet <laughs> yes he said this game he said Casimero you know he said Casimero Casimero scored he was doing has to folk too. So you do leave <laughs> Charlie. He said this game has no plan. Has to focus talk up. They should be careful. Then you go t- so he was doing has to folk, then you do when it's gone. The has come back. I won't comment about this game again. What is it? Take it from back 2020 Liverpool. They should stay there. Yeah, we'll, no, today we'll discuss it. No, 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 no. We'll discuss but, it. But but on a more serious uh, 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 note, yeah, yeah. this vaccine thing, Charlie, and the measles thing, Charlie, it now brings to the fore, you know, the utter shame and frustration we must feel mm-hmm. about the health minister. Charlie, it's a serious situation. You see, we we cannot talk about this without mentioning yeah. his name, yeah, and shaming him, naming him. Pointing fingers yeah. at him, he has been utterly I'm told, irresponsible. I'm, I'm there are about 70 uh, new cases of measles. I think on Saturday, the MP for Tamale North was talking about the rate at which kids were suffering from measles. Mm-hmm. And you know, when we did the first interview about the lack of these vaccines, it appeared that GHA was downplaying the effect and saying, Well, it, it, uh, it, it, it doesn't necessarily matter that they haven't been vaccinated, and mm-hmm. that once the vaccines come in, in two or three weeks, things will be okay. And now we have been. So he, didn't give, he gave you two weeks. He says two, three he, he says two to three. Mm. Okay. So this is the two. So we are waiting for three. Yes. Yeah, so we are between the two and the three. But but Sky, just mm. a quick update before we get into. Did did the health minister indicate to Parliament why? No, he was so he didn't to even show up in Parliament. So his his expected appearance will be happening later this week. Yeah, I'm most told, likely. I think Only the National Health Insurance Authority came, there. and they offered some explanations. Um, of course, I mean, there ought to have been some outrage given the fact that he did not show up. But I believe maybe the committee in his own wisdom decided that, well, yeah. we'll still have So we'll out. wait to see how it goes. So let's okay. start with the headlines. Not a lot of papers, I should say. Yeah, it's rained. But quite, quite a lot of uh, websites with news items. Mm-hmm. So we can start with the papers and okay. then we'll see how it okay, goes. Okay, let me go first with the Daily Graphic, which is the only newspaper I have this morning. Mm-hmm. Addressing economic challenges, demands unity president to citizens on independence day also guinea bissau president lords ghana's leadership in africa and development bank moves to boost food security some other stories in the paper this morning if you go to the back page kintampo accident death toll rises to 23 this is heartbreaking uh, we, we are told that 18 have been treated and discharged yeah but we're told the death toll, the is, death toll now. is rising okay. yeah that's right so it's actually babato Mm-hmm. That's where the accident occurred. Okay. And then also, Ghanaians in Liberia donate mm-hmm. to charity. Mm-hmm. Act marks uh, 66 Independence Day. Right. Brother, let me give you the business side of things. I have two business newspapers this morning. Mm-hmm. The BNFT and the Graphic Business. Let me start from the front page of the Graphic Business. Uh, they are talking about the DDEP sets tone for low interest rates. This is coming from the Managing Director of the Ghana Stock Exchange. IMF deal in April. Ghana-China meeting keeps hope 
alive. The Nigeria to expect under President Bola Tinubu uh, is a feature that the story, the paper is carrying today. And there's a funny cartoon on the front page of the paper, Bernard. It's called Chinese Tea, mm-hmm. which to further notice. Yeah, this is in relation to yes, the You should see it's really, really nice. And on the front page of the BNFT says, poultry sector gets $551 million investment. Good news, if correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then MTN misses 30% localization target. I'll give you details later. Mm. All right, let me take you online. Let's start with citynewsroom.com. The lead story there, March 7, declare holiday for students after Independence Day celebration. I guess this is for public sector students. Uh, economic crisis, Akuvado has been hopelessly incompetent. This is Okwachio Fosu. Also, Mahama says MPP has turned Independence Day into a jamboree. Mm. Meanwhile, Professor Bokpin says it's time to gain independence from corruption and nepotism. There are highlights on the heritage caravan as well, mm-hmm. uh, where we are told, for example, that patrons want government to construct rest stops along major roads. Mm. Now, I'll give you more stories from citynewsroom.com. Doctors abandoned Wa East, only one left to cater for 90,000 residents. Ah! Yes, only one doctor is left in the hmm. uh, Wa East district. Yeah, Meanwhile, police right. display newly acquired helicopters in Ho. I'll give you that, that story. It's to this, this morning, my focus on health, actually. So I'll give you that story. Meanwhile, the president says, let's unite and eschew acts that divide us. He says, myjournaline.com, luxury car catches fire at University of Ghana. Also, a uh, ghastly accident at Tekwasi Interchange kills one, injures seven. Mm. And then... Uh, this story about MPP has turned Independence Day into a jamboree. Uh, this is Mahama speaking. Now, if you go to um, the BBC, their lead story, South Africa's president has named a new power minister okay. in the midst of the longest doom saw in living memory. In South Africa. Yes. And then World Bank has stopped their talks with Tunisia because of the way they are treating immigrants. Uh, good. Mm-hmm. So good. that's a, a story to... And then there's some confusion in Kenya over cheap Chinese-owned outlets. Yes, it's been it's so. You been see, starting what for, we've been doing for like two weeks. Now. We've been doing here with these Nigerian foreign-owned shops. Mm-hmm. The Kenyans are doing it in China, and they're accusing in, in Kenya they're accusing Chinese-owned outlets of undercutting them okay. and threatening their livelihood. So even mm-hmm. in retail, African countries, mm-hmm. we are we are not seeing top. Then of course <clears throat> the hints that the DDE will affect the um, IPPs. Mm-hmm. That's on citybusinessnews.com. We also told that interest on treasury bills for the last three months is over 4 billion CDs. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep an eye on that story as well. All right, let's start with the details. Yeah, Bernard, before I go into the news, let me just give a caution to drivers who are using the road from the central region towards Accra. The Accra, Cape Coast, or the Cape Coast. What's happening there? Uh, Because of the rains that came in this morning, uh, a number of the gutters have overflowed uh, their their limits, and they have taken huge parts of the roads. So if you're driving on that stretch and you're not careful, either the water, the the flash floods will drag you into Mm. um, the basins nearby and and create problems for you. Mm -hmm. Or you might even get lost in the the water altogether. So please, Mm -hmm. if you are coming from the central region towards Accra, um, drive you know, carefully. Drive carefully. Yeah, that's right. Because right. I just used the corridor and, and it's, it was it's way. very, very terrible. All right. Anyway, but let me take you to page 13 of the Daily Graphic because you say you are interested in health. There's yeah. a story there that says national immunization budget. Civil society wants adequate funding 
and timely releases. Samuel Do Ablodefer mm-hmm. reporting for the Daily Graphic says routine immunization is considered an antidote to preventable diseases globally. It saves millions of lives every year. Then there's a quote here that says vaccines reduce risks of getting a disease by working with your body's natural uh, defenses to build protection. When you get a vaccine, your immune system responds, the World Bank organization has said. Now, according to the global health body, there were now vaccines to prevent more than 20 life-threatening diseases, therefore helping people of all ages to live longer and healthier lives. Immunization currently prevents 3.5 million um, to 5 million deaths every year from diseases such as diarrhea, tetanus. So this and, is the and, introduction. And, exactly. And what are they saying basically? Uh, basically, they, they, they are <coughs> echoing the concerns of civil society mm-hmm. that the non-release or delayed releases we're seeing with budgetary allocations for the purchase of vaccines mm-hmm. is affecting what we should be achieving as a country mm-hmm. and that the way forward is to insist that the releases are made and, 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 and released in good time to ensure that we do not well, suffer the Stay there. Doctors abandon Wa East. Only one left to cater for 90,000 mm-hmm. residents. Bevling London is reporting mm. that inadequate health infrastructure in the Upper East, so in the Wa East district of the Upper West region, has left the district with only one doctor. As <clears throat> others posted there have abandoned the area. With over 90,000 people, the district is served by approximately only 10 health centers. And interview City News, Dr. Kingsley Pascal, district director of Ghana Health Service for the area was worried that there may be severe consequences if the situation persists. Quote, because of the nature of the district, the terrain as well as the network challenges and the relatively deprived nature of the communities, <clears throat> it is difficult to attract doctors. The facilities there do not have teaching services. So usually when they post, when they are posted and come around and see the place, they go and do not return. There is no guarantee that things will be addressed in the shortest term. Hmm. But in the meantime, are there no citizens of the Upper West region who are doctors who would want to go there every week or so, at least, you know, once in a while to support... Or organize some medical mission on a regular basis. Yes, I mean, Mm. you know... It's a story that's worth pursuing. We'll probably Mm. connect with our reporter this morning Mm -hmm. to try and explain because to have only one proper doctor in the whole district is not good enough. Okay, but let me get back to the daily graphic because there's a story here on yesterday's celebrations Mm -hmm. and the president is quoted as saying, addressing economic challenges demands unity. Mm -hmm. And the story um, by Alberto Mario Noretti and Timothy Nyangbe reporting from Adaklu. And they say that President Anadu Dankwe Kufaruha asks Ghanaians to remain united and work together with a common purpose of removing barriers to national development. Now, he said it was um, with a united front that the country's forebears fought to break colonial rule 66 years ago. And there is a direct quote here that says, Our forebears were united in the independence struggle. It did not matter where they came from. The religion they belonged to did not matter. Their standing on society did not matter. They were united for independence and they got it. <coughs> Again, if you stay with us, story we're told, pomp and circumstance marks 66 Independence Day mm-hmm. in Adaklo. And the story by Timothy Nyangbe says that there was a gracial casing of culture and when a cross-section of the Ghanaian society converged on the Volta Regional Capital Hall yesterday to celebrate the country's 66 Independence Day anniversary and then also we are told that the president of guinea bissau who uh, visited the country as part of the celebrations also addressed us and says ghana should be celebrated for its leadership 
in Africa. There's an accident at Kintampo where the death toll has risen. City newsroom is reporting that it's now 23. Mm -hmm. And the story is saying that the death toll in the Gori Road cries out okay that Babatokuma near Kintampo and Bono East has risen to mm. 23. Mm -hmm. The accident happened on Sunday involving a Yendi Kumase bound bus and articulated truck. 24 persons sustained various degrees of injury okay. and are receiving treatment at Kintampo Government Hospital. Mm. MCE for Kintampo North Isaac Bafoto City News. Two out of six persons who are in critical condition have been transferred to a Tamale Teaching Hospital. Mm. He says initially we lost 22 people and the injuries were 25. You know, you, I didn't know what it was you were talking about uh, driving from Abidjan to Yamosukuro, where because the roads are dualized, you, hardly, you hardly find um, um, this headlong collisions. Mm -hmm. For us in Ghana, uh, even our major arterials, mm -hmm. you don't have dualization. So you have, if it's, and there's no street lights, mm -hmm. and the roads are in a bad condition as well. So even this morning, coming to work in Accra, mm -hmm. I didn't see even one street light working. No, Either they've been stolen, mm -hmm. the solar street lights are not working, mm -hmm. and sometimes water gathers on the road, even in Accra. God is so our right. roads are really oh dangerous. God. I mean, think about it. We've lost 23 people in a day, in just mm -hmm. one car crash. Kill it, kill it. I mean, and I'm sure there are a number of them. In fact, there was another crash at the... Shiasi area, mm -hmm. yes, you know, kills one person, seven are injured. I saw it mm -hmm. yesterday. So it it's like the, the nature of the roads is one. Yeah, the the way people drive is another. Mm -hmm. The lack of alternative means of traveling. In fact, the heritage caravan people have been complaining about lack of rest stops mm -hmm. along our major roads. Yep. So basically, once you get a V8 to drive as a big man, mm -hmm. you don't care whether there are portals, you don't care whether there are street lights, you don't mm -hmm. care whether there are toilets on the road. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's not good enough. It's, it's so it's very not, very it's unfortunate, Bernard. I mean, engaging the roads department and the allied institutions over the last you know few years. I mean, they tell you that the plans are there uh, to dualize uh, Accra Western Region roads, um, mm. Accra Kumasi, but for some reason the financing arrangements are not mm. working. Yeah. You understand? So it is about kicking the government in the yeah. groin and insisting and Scott, that something the, the, got there are that institutions like the, the brri mm -hmm. and a number of research institutions who have come up with alternative ways of using materials to do roads mm -hmm. there are alternative financing arrangements but it's very difficult to to move to any of those yeah. we can come back to roads later there right, are let, more me, papers here now. let me just do a bit of business then bernard let me yeah. take you to <clears throat> the agri sector which has been dying a slow death for some time now but good news there on page three okay. of the bnft government has pledged to invest 551 million dollars to improve the poultry industry in line with other key resolutions of the recently held dakar uh, two summit in senegal this is according to the chief director of the ministry of food and agriculture robert ankobia mm -hmm. uh, the investment will basically see uh, domestic production increase from the current 50,000 tons a year to an envisaged 450,000 tons this per year. Poultry. So good news if they Where can the get this. From? We don't know yet, but Mr. Kobia says it is coming. Money is coming from. And then let me take you to the front page of the graphic business where mm -hmm. the managing director of the Ghana Stock Exchange, Abna mm -hmm. says the current debt restructuring exercise, although painful, represents the country the opportunity uh, to reset its interest rates regime for the good of the economy. Mm -hmm. He said the current rate of about 35% on government securities was unsustainable. Adding, quote, I dare say one of the reasons why we had to restructure our debts was because of the high interest rates, which were not sustainable. All right, let's come back to the finder is now here. We also yes. have the crusading guide. Any yes, new sir. stories there? 
Uh, well, let's talk a bit of education then. Yes, uh, yeah. No school today, I'm told. For public uh, schools. For public schools. You yes. know, some well, of the private schools are running. So, public, uh, private schools are in their second term. Mm. Public schools are in their first term. <laughs> and the match passed is usually done by public school children. Okay. So, I know a number of private schools that are going to school today. So, but public schools are on one day break. Ah, yeah, has it always been like that? Yes, no, you know so. what happened was that because no. finished, you know, after the match no, during COVID, uh-huh. the calendar was reset for most schools, mm-hmm. but some private schools managed to continue schooling during COVID, so they've gained one term, mm-hmm. so they are able to, so they are in their second term. Mm-hmm. What a number of pri- pri- public schools are in their first term? Okay, because so Duchum is in the gra- in the finder. Yes, What's page ten has a lot of education stories. Let me just give you. But the point is, how they are going to school. Yes, 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 yes. Because, because, yeah. because they are in pri- private school, <laughs> so they, they are going to school. They are continuing. Let me just yeah, give you. you know, come on, man. <laughs> no, it's true. Well, let me just give you a bit of all three. So, <laughs> the National Council for Curriculum and Assessment (NACA) mm-hmm. as part of stakeholder consultations has engaged the National House of Chiefs mm-hmm. on the proposed curriculum for senior high schools. Mm-hmm. The meeting, which sought to brief the House on the new curriculum and also receive input from the traditional leaders, formed part of broader consultations before submitting the final document to cabinet so this was led by professor edward apia the director general of naka mm-hmm. according to the educational minister as well the education minister dr yao also which says over five hundred thousand basic education certificate examination graduates have been placed in various senior high mm-hmm. as well as technical and vocational training schools by the computerized placement system and then uh, I, I, I was at um, my alma mater on saturday for a different event you know and actually the students were plenty and these are just from one boys mm, yeah you know and I, I i heard something i couldn't believe i was told that in our year you know when we're in the the streams in science mm-hmm. they were like science one science two science there were four streams mm-hmm. so like three math science and then maybe one biology mm-hmm. do you know how many streams of science there are no i'm told about 20. hey how <laughs> i'm told is it because of the red gold green yeah, and all the people are <laughs> the red gold green. So red gold green, I, don't, I don't think it still works in percent yeah, but the people no yeah, but the, form, sleep, when yeah, that's the form ones were in school with the form threes the form twos were not in school oh okay so i think it's still working oh, wow okay. wow yeah there's streams <laughs> anyway let me take you back to the let me take you to the ghanaian times which we have now uh, there's a story on the back page that says basic schools in the lankwantanam uh, medina municipality of the greater credit region say they are unable to pay um, for the dislodging of their septic tanks. Mm-hmm. And the story says that basic schools in the Lankwantana Medina uh, municipality of the Greater Accra region say they are paying between 800 and uh, 1,500 every month for septic uh, empty, uh, MTS services, which according to them is a drain on their coffers. Hmm. Now, these came to light at um, a stakeholders' engagement organized by the Assembly to solicit information on teaching or teething challenges confronting education is the municipality. Mm. Now, the meeting followed concerns raised by some head teachers that they could no longer bear the cost of dislodging their uh, school's waste under the Greater Accra Metropolitan Municipal Assembly sanitation and water uh, mm. projects in their schools. And, I mean, if, if septic tanks are full, I mean, that is a major health you know, situation brewing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever can do something to ensure that they deal with the problem urgently, that has got to be done. And, and not too long ago, I saw a video from the Tema area. It would seem that the municipal authority in that area, their offices just next to the office, um, the septic tank is overflowing and it looks like flies all over the place. I don't know how old Charlie. that video is. The folks who are working in that uh, office would also have to deal all with right. it. All uh, right, have, I have one more education story, Bernard, on page seven of the Finder newspaper. 
and this is a sorry state of the Cape Coast School for the Deaf mm. and Blind. Oh, and Bernard, according to the Ghana News Agency who visited the school, they came face to face with the poor and bumpy road that hindered the free movement of the pupils, particularly the visually impaired. Mm -hmm. According to the headmaster, some of the visually impaired students often report of injuries because of the nature of the roads. The school uses prepaid meters in the classrooms, office and dormitories, and therefore, whenever it was incapable, it was uh, did not have the funds to purchase credits due to financial constraints. The students had to learn under uh, had to learn in the dark. Mm -hmm. uh, the school is also struggling with poor infrastructure in terms of uh, teaching aids. Uh, they haven't seen any form of res uh, renovations. Mm -hmm. uh, their bone shaker has broken down, mm -hmm. and an open cup. Uh, uh, an old land cruiser and a 35 seater bus are supporting transportation of students. The gas plant of the school has also broken down, so they are using charcoal. So, you, you guys have a lot of educational okay. stories yes. today. today. Uh, I wanted to go international. Okay, uh, I'm starting in Kenya where there's a row over the Chinese shop uh, that has been selling things at a cheaper price. Now, a Chinese owned shop selling cheap household goods at the center of a dispute in Kenya has reopened after a counterfeit complaint against it was dismissed. The row got to the heart of a debate about the kind about uh, whether this kind of outlet hurts or helps Kenyans. Mm. You know, and the story is basically saying that this shop is barely five weeks into trading. It had become a social media phenomenon. Mm -hmm. It's mm. lower prices compared to what the petty traders were charging and convenient location made it very attractive. Mm -hmm. But some small scale uh, traders who form a vital part of Kenya's economy, very similar to Ghana, began to notice their businesses dropping off. We want the Chinese out of Kenya. If the Chinese become the manufacturers, distributors, retailers, and even hawkers, where will Kenyans go? And a name trader told journalists at a protest. This is very similar to Ghana. Mm. And they give an example of an importer who says that the Chinese sell relatively cheaper than what the Kenyans are able to sell. And therefore, people prefer those shops. They are quality goods at affordable prices. Mm -hmm. And some Kenyans appreciate it. But a lot of Kenyan traders are not happy. So indeed, somebody filed uh, an action, an action mm -hmm. claiming that this particular company had a counterfeit good, but the action failed. I but actually the, started with the cabinet secretary for trade, Kaori, mm -hmm. who uh, closed it down arbitrarily. Okay. Mm -hmm. He closed down the without China due without due process and it became a matter mm -hmm. of, you know. Yeah, but the question is, how is it that... Often you have the foreigners sell goods they import into the country at a cheaper rate, or it's part of price the business model to, because they are bringing it. If I'm from China, I have mm -hmm. distributors, I have wholesalers who give the good to me at a cheaper price, mm -hmm. so I can still undercut a Ghanaian who have to go and buy it from China Mall or wherever. So, and some some of this is a whole network. Mm -hmm. They manufacture, they distribute, and then retail within mm -hmm. the same group. Mm -hmm. So oh, I see. So they then are connected because to if the I, original Because if I'm from producer. China and I'm mm. selling in Ghana, I'll obviously have a better deal than you, the Ghanaian, going to China to get it. Okay. You know? Okay. And okay. Then, then the World Bank has also suspended talks over its future engagement with Tunisia following their president's recent criticism of Sub-Saharan Africans. Now, the outgoing head of the bank, David Malpa, said the president's remarks have triggered racially motivated harassment and mm -hmm. even violence in Tunisia. Mm -hmm. He described the situation as deeply concerning, but added that recent steps by the Tunisian government to support migrants were positive. Completely irresponsible. Then we are told, I just want to update you as well, mm. that the health minister will indeed appear before parliament today. Mm -hmm. So that's on citynewsroom.com. Health minister Kukla Jamin is expected to be in parliament today on steps being taken to address the shortage of vaccines in the country this is for children mm -hmm. and as we know several parts of the country have been hit with a shortage 
of vaccines in the last few months despite claims by the national health authority that about 70 million cities has been released for the procurement of the vaccines okay the minister who was scheduled to appear on f last week failed to show up courting the wrath of the minority Bernard, let me bring you one quick story before uh, we leave. The Economy Times has a story by Elon Deseu mm -hmm. and uh, basically saying that Fitch projects further rise in public debt. Bernard, this, is, this matter is not going away anytime soon. Now, Fitch Solutions is projecting a continuous rise in the country's mm -hmm. public debt until 2028, after which it will start to decline steadily. Mm -hmm. Now, according to Fitch Solutions, it expects public debt to GDP ratio to continue on an upward trajectory until 2028, reaching 94 four point four percent after it, it after which it will start to uh, don't moderate. be surprised because hey. just the interest cost on government treasury bills hmm. for the last three months is four billion four point four billion hey. now joe jackson was speaking to city news and he says because of the high yields for our interest uh, on our treasury bills mm -hmm. the government is accumulating a lot more debt mm -hmm. now government has been borrowing from t-bills shooting it up to 13.1 billion in february at an interest cost of over 35 percent joe jackson in a tweet asked should you be cautious in buying t-bills mm. and government's only source of borrowing for now seems to be a treasury market hence the significant borrowing on the short-term market so keep an eye on that story as well hey charlie there's one interesting one Bernard, this one just for the, for the last mm. former ges boss supports over 600 senior high school students because of the daily graphic professor Ushama has supported over 600 fresh senior high school students in the Brim South District. Mm. Is there, is in he interested in something, something? They supported there. them with what? Food. Is he interested in something, something there? Please. Like, like their borders? Yes. So, so he has a foundation apparently. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. And many of those students uh, had gained uh, access to school. Mm -hmm. well, that's good. Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, he helped in the preparation of the candidates through extra classes and okay. the writing that's good. of work exams. Yes, so, that's good. Yeah. He's doing very well. He's <laughs> what have you done? He's done well. That's oh, we, 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 we don't publicize that. what we do. I hear you. Yeah. You don't post. Yeah, I don't need any. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. So coming up next is the City Business News. And before that, the news review was brought to us by Total Energies, committed to delivering excellent quality and innovative products and services that enhance your customer experience. As a multi-energy company, we'll continue to deliver exciting and innovative products and services that meet the needs and expectations of our cherished customers. Total has been adjudged the CIMG uh, Petroleum Company of the Year for three consecutive times and is now in the Hall of Fame. This is the, the, the City Breakfast Show. Business News brought to you by MTN. If you're a Ghanaian and proud of independence, then for a limited time only, we're offering you 2.5 gig of data for just 10 CDs. That's staying connected with your loved ones, streaming your favorite music, sharing your festive moment online, all for just 10 CDs. News also brought to you by Go, your OMC of choice. We keep making life so convenient. We now accept Momo for all of your purchases. Remember to Momo it at Goel. Drive to your nearest Goel station, buy your fuel and pay with Momo, bank card or go card. Goel, good energy. 
Michael Obodu is here with the news. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. Hello and welcome to the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MT and Goyle, empowered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Coming up, Ghana Union of Traders Association's Guta hints of a likely drop in prices if the decline in fuel prices and the stability of the local currency persists. Also, Chamber of Agribusiness Ghana pushes for efforts towards bridging gap between farmers and markets to enhance sector. My name is Michael Lobodu and to details of our stories now, the Ghana Union of Traders Associations, Guta, is calling for more efforts at ensuring the relative stability of the city and the drop in fuel prices are sustained. The local currency had weakened to about 16 cities per dollar last year but has since seen some slight improvement, currently trading at about 11 Ghana cities to the dollar per the Bank of Ghana interbank rates. Additionally, fuel prices have decreased over the past few weeks. President of Guta, Dr. Joseph Obeng, noted that if these trends continue, consumers could potentially see lower prices in the markets. The importance is how we can sustain these gains that we have. So it is important and it's good indicators that if we're able to sustain that, that's the most important thing so that um, we can also transfer the benefits and the gains to the consuming public. Yes, it, it is very important and that's what we expect that we should do, do everything um, to bring it down, if not possible, to even uh, sustain it. Um, we have to sustain it and um, the rate at which they are rather than they going up. You hear the president of the Ghana Union of Traders Associations, Guta, Dr. Joseph Obeng. Now, the Chamber of Agribusiness Ghana is advocating collaborative efforts between stakeholders to bridge the gap between farmers and markets to guarantee ready markets for their produce. The chiefs have what it takes, including the competitive and comparative advantage to produce for export. Already, the Chamber is currently engaging the trade Department of the UK High Commission to institute a guaranteed market trade route system for local tomato producers to supply supermarkets in the United Kingdom. In an interview with City Business News, Chief Executive Officer of the Chamber, Anthony Morrison, also stressed the need for more public-private partnerships to accelerate efforts at mechanising agriculture to make the sector more attractive to the youth. We have the high skills, we have the arable land, we have the greenhouse production, uh, production. We have uh, the ability to produce within the water bodies. Most of our farmers already export to the UK market. Uh, we export plantain, cassava, yam, precate, and several other uh, vegetables. So we think that this wouldn't be a challenge and a problem to us at all. In the agribusiness value chain, market is key. In fact, market comes first before you decide what to produce because it's what the markets want. And if you have a structured market, that is when you're able to invest into productivity. And our engagement with the UK market will be so structured that uh, most people will prefer to produce a lot of tomatoes for the UK market rather than to be producing when you do not know where your next market is going to come from. So these are going to be tied down uh, contracts where we are going to engage a lot of youth and support them with very good agronomical services and technical skills and also technology to be able to produce the quality and the quantity that we are looking for. That was the Chief Executive Officer of the Chamber of Agribusiness Ghana, Anthony Morrison, speaking there. Now, an economist, Professor John Gachi, has indicated that China is likely to forfeit the 1.9 billion US dollar debt audit by Ghana without demanding anything in return. 
government is pleading with the Chinese with the Chinese government for a debt cancellation to help overcome current macroeconomic challenges. The government is seeking, among other reliefs, an extension on the moratorium on debt servicing, an extension on the payment of maturities and lower interest rates. Speaking to City Business News on the issue, Professor Gachi, however, says the debt cancellation, if it is achieved, will benefit, will definitely cost the country. The whole debt exchange program is not limited to domestic debt exchange restructuring. It also considers international creditors. So that is one of the reasons why the government is practically making every effort to get the Chinese government and Chinese people accept a debt exchange program for them. China's debt approach, especially to developing countries, is based on some incentives. And uh, I'm not sure that China can just forgive or cancel Ghana's debt and suspend the debt payment without conditions. So conditions will come on board, and I believe that is what the government is discussing with China. For example, we have showcased in recent times that uh, we may not have the money, but we have natural resources to engage in. Ghana is exchanging gold for oil, and we are making noise about it everywhere. So what if China says, well, we are interested in the gold? in exchange for our our debt. I don't think that China will just forgive our debt, cancel our debt, or suspend the debt, or forgive interest payments without a condition that is in interest of China. You heard an economist, Professor John Gachi. Now, the Metropolitan Chief Executive of the Tema Metropolis, Metropolitan Assembly, Yuhan Amma Ashite, has assured businesses operating within the Tema Enclave of an enabling environment that supports the growth of local businesses. He explains that the cliche of Tema being the gateway to Africa must be leveraged to boost the economic potentials of the town. The Metropolitan Chief Executive for the area made these comments on the sidelines of the Greater Accra Centralized Regional Celebration at the 66th Independence the celebration in Tema. It's at the center of the world um, by way of geographical location and it's clearly the gateway to the whole of Africa because here is a transit point uh, for a harbor and it's also close to the airport and we also have railway all moving from Tema to any part of the, the continent. So, and clearly uh, there are a lot of things here. We have a good rapport with industries. Uh, we hold very regular meetings just recently. I did something I call the Mayor's Ball, where I invited all captains of industries. We all come together. We, we, we look at how what we need to do to ensure that the private space or the private businesses uh, have congenial atmospheres uh, to operate. And then also we look for the little, little things that boost our economy, like the fishing industry and the aquaculture and every little thing within our local economic development that would ensure that um, the name we have as the center of the world and the gateway to Africa is actually maintained. So we are on course and uh, we are making Tema to really shine again as it used to be. That was the Metropolitan Chief Executive Officer of the Tema Metropolitan Assembly, Honorable Johan Ama Ashiti. Now, AGM Petroleum Ghana Limited and its owners have decided to relinquish the South Deepwater Tano SDWT block after careful consideration, considering all options. According to a statement, AGM has carried out substantial activity in Ghana and contributed through drilling to ultra deep water 
wells, including the Nyankrum Discovery, and matured the subsurface understanding to the benefits of the Ghanaian Authority and other industry players. Further, AGM has carried out CSR investment and fulfilled all of the obligations under the Petroleum Agreement. The SDWT block is situated in ultra-deep waters with substantial investments required to proceed. A relinquishment conclusion is a normal conclusion for exploration blocks like SDWT and the petroleum regime in Ghana presumes that the operator has to decide to drill or drop at specific times during the exploration period. AGM is an independent company and the decision has no implication for Ake Energy's plans in Ghana, the statement indicated. Now on the interbank foreign exchange market where banks trade amongst themselves, the dollar remained unchanged and is selling at 11 CDs 2 pesos. The British pound also remained unchanged and is selling at 13 CDs 2 pesos. The euro is selling at 11 CDs 7 pesos. It recorded no price change. However, at some forex bureaus in the capital, the dollar is selling for 13 CDs while the British pound is selling at 15 CDs 45 pesos and the euro at 13 CDs 50 pesos. Let's now join Gillian Hammer for more of the topic 10 tips for teaching your children about money. Teaching your child about money and how to manage it is one of the best gifts you can give to him or her. There are 10 tips you can consider and today we will cover the first four. Number one, appeal to different learning styles. Some children learn better by hearing, some by seeing, some by touch, or a mix of one or more. So look for activities that best suit your child's learning style. Number two, consider their age in your approach. Your child's ability to grasp certain financial concepts will depend partly on their age. So make sure your conversation and examples are age appropriate. Number three, find and use key teaching opportunities. Share information when it's possible or easiest. For example, when eating out, you could use the restaurant menu to start a conversation with your child about comparing prices. If you have a teenager, you could use topics in the news like the increase of living expenses as a path to talking about how to distinguish between spending on needs and wants. Number four is speak in familiar terms. Keep your lessons simple and work with your child to explain the big terms and abbreviations of the money world. That was Gillian Hammer of Data Bank. And that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN Goyal and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Michael Obudu. Thank you for listening. Have a good business day. And as always, please stay safe. City 97.3. More variety. Time check is 40 minutes past 7. Before kickoff in our sports segment, we're hearing some disturbing news from Ashaiman. We've been getting multiple calls about what? Yeah, so, uh, Bernard, I mean, we've been receiving calls and tweets at us um, over the last, um, you know, a few uh, minutes regarding what appears to be um, some military uh, operation in that area. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at the front page of the Chronicle this morning, there's mm -hmm. a story there that says the soldier killed at Ashaiman by mm -hmm. unknown assailants. Mm -hmm. And some of the residents have been desperately calling us, telling us that the military have moved into town 
and they are allegedly brutalizing people insisting that people should stay in their homes mm -hmm. no one should move in or out of the ashaman area and it would seem that maybe there is an attempt to deal with whoever may have been responsible for the alleged killing mm. of the soldier in that area mm -hmm. and in the process um people's rights are being abused mm -hmm. and and it would seem as though some artificial or unlawful curfew has been imposed wow. on the rest Do of we know which specific places in Ashaman this is happening so um they're talking about the official town area specifically as one of the the areas affected by mm. um the ongoing military action we'll see if we can connect with one of the residents there in the meantime kickoff is coming up shortly it's brought to us by Lesheho and shell and if you're a private school looking to buy a school bus sometime this year why wait later when you can support you to do it now apply for a competitive school bus loan with convenient payment terms call michael on 057-411-7851 and let's do it together let's share who let's improve life and if anyone had told me i'll become a mathematician and cartographer this year i would have laughed come and see me doing calculations and carefully mapping out my route every time i stepped out thinking about fuel and money but now shell has given us a way out it's the shell fuel save shell fuel saves triple action formula improves engine efficiency prevents deposit buildup and protects your engine from wear and corrosion for extra clean extra protection and extra savings so switch to shell fuel save today because extra kilometers go a long way All right, I have a resident in Ashaiman on the line. Yeah, we, we are talking to one of your people. Yeah, we have a resident who will be, will be connecting to shortly to see what is happening in the Ashaiman area. Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning, sir. Where exactly in Ashaiman uh, are you reporting from? I'm reporting from Ashaiman official town, very close to the municipal assembly. So what on is the way to the Taizi station? What is happening there? As I speak to you now, the Gargana Armed Forces, the military to be precise, has taken over the streets of Shama official town, preventing people from movement, beating people, and we cannot go to work. When did they come there, and what are they saying to people? Precisely as I'm about to move out of the house, I saw many of the residents lying in, the, in front of the gutter, and they asked me to quickly get to the house because the military, will, once they see me, they invite me and they're beating people all around. And this is as early as what time? Because it's now 7.17. When did this action start? As, as early as 5.30 to 6 o'clock. So how, how do you know, can you describe the number of soldiers and are they in military uniform? How do you know they are soldiers? Yeah, as I came out of the house, I saw a military, he, was, he, he is in a military uniform and walking through the street holding cane, beating people. But in my position, if I come out clearly, he saw me, he attacked me as he was doing to my colleagues, so I have to vacate back to the house. And roughly how many soldiers are doing this? They are more than 10. They are more than 10. I see. And yeah. you're saying this is the official town near the uh, the the municipal assembly do you yeah, know it's not far from the municipal assembly i see do you know if it's happening in other parts of ashama and do you know the reason for this is there is do you, do you know what, what the reason is i understand one of the military officer was leashed to death over the weekend 
uh, within the vicinity of Asham of Ishatan. I think that's the reason why they are doing so. Mm. So you suspect they are here to do like a reprisal or some arrest of some kind? Yes. Have you seen any police around since this incident started? No, after the time I was going out before moving back to the house, I did not see any police officer at that time. And as I speak to you now, I can't go out to the street. I'm still at home. So you are home and most people around you have not gone out of their house since 5 a.m.? Yes, everybody around me cannot move out of the house. All right, thank you for talking to us. That was a resident of a shaman who's been calling us this morning. Indeed, we've received quite a number of calls this morning on this. We'll bring you the sport news and go back there, find out from the military high command if they've sanctioned any such activity. But I think you're linking this to the chronicle story. Yeah, there's a chronicle story mm -hmm. um, that basically references what um, you know other people have told us, mm -hmm. that there had been a killing um, mm -hmm. of a soldier man mm -hmm. um, uh, during uh, over the weekend and some are saying that it may well have been robbery some are saying that it may well have been lynching and all kinds of things are being speculated but if there is that connection then it would explain why the military but that, this there. is completely unacceptable but it would be in 2023 for soldiers to just go to a town and start beating people and we've yeah. seen this before remember yeah. there was this incident in the, in tamale mm -hmm. a few years ago which was videoed mm -hmm. for which reason then they said they were going to sanction the soldiers because yeah. apparently what they were doing was unsanctioned mm -hmm. well this has gone out on air and mm -hmm. i believe the military high commander listening yes kind of a good question and cool yes. if you have your men in a shaman misconducting we'll them themselves in you know and this is this is something that has become very very common mm -hmm. where soldiers decide to take the law into their own hands because one of their own has been beaten or killed mm -hmm. we've seen soldiers clash with police in Kumasi yeah. you know and we saw this happen in Tamale mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. this is completely unacceptable and this is not one or two people calling us mm -hmm. in fact during the newspaper my phone kept kept going on and I mm -hmm. kept getting people sending me messages about this thing that's happening in Ashaman. And Ashaman is a very volatile area. You don't yeah. expect soldiers to go and be doing such things there. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll keep an eye on this story. Let's bring you the sports news for now. And then we'll come back to this story. Send us your comments. And indeed, those who, who have been affected by the rains as well, uh, let's know where you are and how you are making it to work. Because I'm told some parts of the country has uh, been difficult to move out of their homes because of the nature of the rain. Coming up next, though, is kick-off, and uh, Benjamin Nketiah is here with the bulletin. All right, good morning, Ben. Good morning, Bernard. Let's get into the headlines, and the UEFA Champions League returns tonight as Chelsea take on Dortmund. PSG's Brazilian forward Neymar ruled out for the rest of the season with injury. And in the NBA, there were wins for the Cavs, the Heat and the Kings. Let's get to the details now. Former Black Stars captain Stephen Appiah believes that Chris Hutton's experience from working in the English Premiership will benefit Ghana's senior men's national team. Hutton has been appointed as head coach of the Black Stars, replacing Otoado, who resigned from the position after Ghana's group stage exit at the World Cup in Qatar. According to Appiah, Hutton has the right attributes to succeed in his new role. coached um, a lot of clubs in, in the UK 
um, he came to Ghana and uh, he was a part of the team that traveled to Qatar to for the World Cup. Uh, he was the director at, at then and now he's the coach. So uh, we are all hoping that uh, we'll rally our support behind him and I mean he will bring our blasters back from where, where we used to see the black stars. You had former Black Stars captain Steven Gopea speaking then at former Ghana midfielder Emmanuel Ajimambedu says teammates of the late Black Stars winger Christian Atru are in the process of discussing the best way to honour his legacy. The 31-year-old former Chelsea and Newcastle player made 64 appearances for Ghana and scored 19 goals. Atru was also named the best player at the 2015 AFCON. It's something I think uh, the PFAG, we will sit down and speak about it because we have the, the president and the secretary. Uh, we will have meetings and see what we can do. But right now we need to help the family, to console them and to have a uh, befitting uh, funeral for our late brother. The footballers too, we are, we are having meetings maybe this week to see what we can do for our late brother. And you can't just do it alone. You need to collaborate with the family. Uh, to tell us what we need to do and where we need to do the certain type of things. So, right now we are just celebrating his one week. Uh, from next week going, if anything comes on board, we will let the media know. You had former Black Stars midfielder Emmanuel Ajimambedu speaking there. Let's do some club news now. And Accra Heart of Folk fullback Samuel Inkum has stressed the need for harmony within the club. Now, preparations for the Phobians 1 0 win over Santi Kotoko in the Bet Power and President's Cup were marred by Heart of Folk uh, supporters attacking head coach Slavko Matic at the Pobiman training grounds. Now, speaking after the game, Inkum called for unity. Uh, the most important thing we have to do that we have to come together like what we did today. Because without the players, I think there will not be any team. Without the supporters, I think there will not be any player. So I think we have to we have to keep the spirit. I was so happy, you can see the fans, everybody was together, you know, screaming, singing, and that's the most important. That is the beauty of the game. Accra Hearts of Folk defender Samuel Linkum speaking there. Let's get to Europe where the UEFA Champions League returns tonight. Now Benfica Football Club Day will be up against Club Bruges. It's the round of 16 and it's the second leg. Benfica lead by two goals to nail from the first leg. They will be seeking to close out this particular encounter when they play at home. Chelsea Football Club will also be at Stamford Bridge when they take on Borussia Dortmund. Now Chelsea lost 1-0 to Dortmund in the first leg. Karim Adeyemi scoring the only goal of that game. So Chelsea will be seeking to overturn that particular scoreline. Chelsea manager is Graham Potter. He has expressed his desire to reach the last eight of the competition. I agree. It's a big, it's a big game. It's an exciting game. Chance to go through to the uh, last eight of the Champions League. So a special night at Stamford Bridge. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, all our thoughts on trying to be positive and trying to go through and win the game. Um, so in terms of what we learned from the previous game or we're, we're meeting a, a top opponent you can see their results in the in the Bundesliga they're in a fantastic um, vein of form and pretty much uh, you know winning games constantly I think it's 10 in a row so that tells you something as a team they're doing a lot well attack defend um, good individuals well coached so it's um, a good challenge for us a big challenge for us but we're we're excited for it and we're looking forward to it 
Chelsea manager Graham Potter speaking there. Now, Chelsea attacker Joao Felix has also been speaking about the level of pressure in camp. Zero pressure. I think it's this is our job. Uh, we just have to enjoy, win the games, uh, and yeah. But yeah, our levels of confidence and attention are high uh, because you have to win. But yeah, we will enjoy, and if we we do the the things right, we will win. I really want to to win that game. Uh, I love playing Champions League. Everyone loves. Uh, it's a special competition, um, and yeah, we want to win. And I hope that after the 90 minutes, we are we are here to to celebrate. So you had Chelsea forward Joao Felix speaking there. Let's do some other news. And PSG striker Neymar is set to miss the rest of the season as he needs surgery on an ankle injury. Now the Brazil forward was carried off with an injured right ankle uh, during PSG's 4-3 home win over Lille on the 19th of February. Now PSG say the 31-year-old has suffered uh, several instances of instability in his right ankle over recent years and surgery is needed to avoid a major risk of recurrence. Now, they added it will be for three to four months before he can resume training. Now, Neymar has suffered a number of injury problems with his right foot over the past few years. So, Neymar's season has come to an end. Let's finish off with some basketball from the NBA and the Cleveland Cavaliers. They were at home uh, when they beat the Boston Celtics 118-114. That game went to overtime. The Pacers also lost to the Sixers 147-143. Very high scoring game there. The Trailblazers beat the Pistons on the road. The Hawks lost to the Miami Heat and then the Nuggets also won at home when they took on the Raptors. The Kings were victors once again uh, when they took on the Pelican. So that's how it broke down in the NBA, and that's all for this morning's edition of Kickoff. My name is Benjamin Inketia, the small sport at citysportsonline.com. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. So 7.34, so many things happening today, and we'll try and give you updates as you resume work. So because of the rain, people are, are going to be late for work today, because this morning, usually on my drive to work, you would see 
a bit more traffic on the roads. Mm -hmm. I didn't see anything. Like most of the roads I used were empty. And I'm guessing it's the rain that's made people oversleep. I hope it's not the rain that's trapped people in their homes. So let's hear from you regarding the rain and what it did. And I know it's rained as far down as Joje. I know it's rained all the way through Kasua to parts of the central region. I don't know how far up north it's rained, whether it's rained in the Ashanti region. If you're listening from any parts of the country, let's hear from you this morning. So this morning, we're keeping an eye on a number of things. As Shaiman, we understand some military people have entered parts of the community and are manhandling people. We've been trying to reach the health, the defense ministry for some comments. We've not succeeded yet. But some of the residents have been sending us messages this morning. would we'll air some for you. I did a live interview a few minutes ago with one of them who says he's been trapped at home since 5 a.m. because the soldiers are not allowing anybody to move and they are routinely just beating people up. This is Ghana in 2023. The other one is the shortage of vaccines and the effect it's having on the children. We'll be speaking to a number of people on this this morning, including the Pediatric Society of Ghana. Also looking at some numbers. The health minister appears before parliament today to answer questions on the shortage of vaccines. And there's a mini, I want to call it a mini, there's a measles outbreak in the north. I had Alas and Suhini uh, on the big issue this weekend talk about that very very emotionally so health on the agenda as well and of course the heritage caravan is in its fourth day today left bonyure through tamale into borgatanga today the team will visit paga and burkina faso to bring us an update as we continue our on-air series for the heritage month Happy birthday to our daughter Janice. Uh, she's eight years old. Janice Efua Adoma Adomako. Hillview Montessori from your parents, Mr. and Mrs. Adomako. Grow in wisdom, strength, and the knowledge of God coming in from your parents. say belated happy birthday to Empress Ikea Asai. Uh, you are a wonderful woman. Uh, may God continue to bless you. Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday to Samuel Yafi. He is our correspondent at the presidency. Producer for the point of view. A journalist, journalist. Sami Yafi. Yesterday, I think his birthday was the day before yesterday. Yes, Amiri, happy happy birthday to you, bro. (laughs) Meanwhile, 
all you can grab a coke for a good price if you're looking for real ice cold refreshment to quench your thirst and complement your meals grab your favorite 300 ml coke classic plastic bottle now at five cds or the same size 300 ml coke zero fanta and sprite at only four cds you can also get your 1.5 liter coke classic at a 20 cd price or the 1.50 fanta or sprite at 18. bring the excitement and fun to your occasions and enjoy the real ice cold refreshment with friends and family And this inspires us. In the beginning, children in her community used to walk to school. Today, not only are her bamboo bikes making it easier for these children to get to school, Bernice Dapa also employs many women as well. At Absa, this is what we call Africana City. The distinct ability of the Ghanaian to always get things done. Africana City is our inspiration. It defines who we are and what we do. It's our commitment to helping people find a way to get things done. To find out more, visit absa.com.gh. Ben, contrary to your comment that the roads are free, there's heavy lockdown on the East Legon to Emmanuel Clinic stretch. Well, Raymond, it's because you guys didn't wake up early. The time we used that route, there was nobody there. So everybody woke up late. Maybe the rains delayed them. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the rains, the rains came early, and people woke up late. I, I have no doubt that, especially when you're coming from the central region today, the massive traffic you have to deal with, mm-hmm. because there's a serious congestion because the, the traffic is not flowing, the rainwaters or flash floods are taking over the roads, and people are having to use the Accra. Um, central region road instead of the central region, Accra mean, they are using the Accra bound side, no, the, the central region bound side mm. instead. Yes, that's what they are using. Meanwhile, I'm told on the motorway as well, there have been a number of incidents. So, this is the other thing that happens when it rains, the roads get more dangerous for a number of reasons. A lot of the roads, the nature of the road means that water gets sort of there's there are puddles of water mm-hmm. so if you're driving and you're not careful you could run into a pool of water that could damage your vehicle mm-hmm. you could run into a pothole and damage your tire mm-hmm. the other point is that visibility is lower during rains when yeah. it's raining and the 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 wind is blowing you can't see the road very well mm-hmm. now our streets are so poorly lit i think it should be a crime for a road not to have a street light honestly i i think like one of the things citizens should ask for is for every road to have a functioning street light you are in a country which has sunshine 10 out of 12 months to not be able to have solar street light is basically a crime right but you have roads the roads i drove all the way no street light you know and you ask yourself are we serious obviously we're not so you have people can't even drive at night because they can't see where they're going mm-hmm. all right and the roads are not even a good shape yesterday you had a collision 23 people have died in a road crash oh, yeah. how is that possible 23 people in one road crash mm-hmm. you know what are, what are we, are we serious about lives in ghana don't i don't think so, so. Mm-hmm. we it's almost business as usual we are desensitized citizens are not asking look we deserve better roads we deserve better roads enough of the rhetoric you can't tell me that the ivorians can dualize their abijan to yamosukro and parts of Accra kumasi umaru sana was talking about the many many roads that they were on no street lights, mm-hmm. poor visibility, one lane, potholes. Yeah. You know, what are we doing? 66 years of independence. Come on, guys. 
we, we need to we need to take we need to get serious with some basic things yes we can't we can't go to space we can't go to the moon yet but at least our street lights must be lit they must work you know let's get serious in the country let's get serious there are so many avoidable accidents because the road infrastructure is just terrible we spend money trying to do accra intelligent traffic management system where is that system why do you spend money where is where are the street lights where is the routine patching of potholes who's in charge of the space i mean i drive on the burma camp road and somebody's burning i mean i, I don't understand you have electricity poles mm-hmm. somebody's wise decision is to burn the median because they can't find people to weed they don't have catalysis anymore when i was in secondary school every wednesday and saturday was groundwork we were taught how to weed with the catalyst now you have a road from Burma camp all the way to major mama runabout and we have decided that we are going to burn the grass that's what we do so you are driving in the heat of the day and there's fire on the road and there's nobody minding it because somebody's wise idea is that instead of weeding they should just burn the grass what society are we in let's let's wake up and stop this you know it's almost like the country's asleep yep it's like we are sleepwalking our way into destruction mm-hmm. you know let's get serious you don't have street lights on the whole motorway no street light how how do you not have street lights in some countries but not only have street lights they have a traffic management system which is this a big building where if they trapped yesterday there were many parts of Accra because apparently most of the police had gone to Ho or something there were street lights that were not working so you have why you get to Okunglo, there's red good green simultaneously then junkies with uh neem tree leaves are conducting traffic in this functioning city next to a university with an ivory tower with all the research we do come on guys the country yes we are independent we are better than many people other countries are dysfunctional fine we had more graduates than most african countries at independence so to whom much is given much is expected we can't say well we should look at guinea look at Cote d'Ivoire, burkina faso and things ghana's level of education at the time of independence was much higher so we should be doing much better you can't have streets with no lights and people are just crashing their cars when it rains a little, gutters are choked. They are, as I talk to you now, go to the road that leads from McCarthy Hill coming into Accra. Pasa! What is this? You know, it, it's, it's, it, it's, we, we need to wake up. We need to wake up and start living like proper people. And stop pretending we know. We don't know anything. We don't know anything. Even francophone countries that we claim are not properly managed. Some of the lawlessness in Ghana, you see that. Oh, you see like ghana anything goes you drive across the country you can't even get a place to urinate you have to go and urinate in the bush how meanwhile people do filling stations all over where's the regulation to even say do two or three public places of urinal it's almost like everything has to be private the fun the system doesn't function properly people are too selfish people are too insular it's it's just terrible you know let's wake up from this mediocrity we have accepted and speaking big english to cover up our weaknesses so annoying you have traffic lights at near airport not working street lights bazaar how how much does it cost to maintain a street light like do you do you need to go to harvard to do street light that you drive in accra drive from spintex tunnel pass in front of action chapel come to airport you don't see anything when somebody shines their high beams on you you're almost blinded and this has been that way for months for years there's no proper system to even keep the city clean 
So unless a recorder comes to do a placing clean your frontage, nothing is happening. Then somebody decides that he's going to be burning the bushes in the median. At midday, when you are driving a car with petrol, and there's nobody even minding it. This is as if you are simple in fire service saying that they are minding it. You know. Somebody says that he's going to burn the whole median. So from all the way from Burma camp, they burn the median, ah, getting to East Airport. Why? Is that a way to treat a, a city to burn the median? You are coming from church on Sunday, then the median is on fire. Because somebody's idea is that we have to burn the bush. Sky. It's terrible, brother. No, I, sometimes I have myself. So why do we even go to school? The school we go, what, what do we learn there? Like, what are, what's the point? What does education mean? Is it is education to read and write and go and write exams and pass? Like, shouldn't, shouldn't you just have some basic things? Okay, this is just common sense. There are some things you just learn to do as a person. You know, like, that, do you need to do you need to go to some wild program in Harvard to know that this is not what you're supposed to do? Or do you need to send your leaders to some game pie again to learn leadership again? Do you get me? All citizens need to go through some... Like, it's almost like we stop thinking. And it's like everything goes. You know? So it rains for two hours. The, the, city is, the city is, like, dysfunctional. I don't understand. And when you come up on, they just speak English. I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I don't know whether it's, I woke up the rocks out of my bed, but I feel like there's just not enough thinking in our public spaces. The people manning the... I don't know whether they're afraid. You know? I, I, I don't know what it is. You can't attribute everything to lack of money. It, it can't just be money. You know, Sky, to street lights. You know, if you say, if you know, if, if life is valuable, you can make it a law. How do you have a street without lights? You are driving in the night. The road is narrow. You are going to run into somebody. People are, look, people are running. Bicycle riders are running into routinely. You do roads. You don't even have space for people to walk. So you drive from American house at Jingano. People have to walk on the road because the engineer didn't think that he needed to give pavement for people to walk. Right? So you have a road, there's no pavement. So, one, so it's almost like survival of the, the, the one with the most money. So if I have a car, I'll drive, I won't slow down. So if you're crossing the road, at your own risk. If I have a four-wheel drive, if the road is bad, I don't care. There's something fundamentally wrong with the way we manage our spaces. And I think, like, I don't know, as the district assemblies, I don't know what it is, whether it's the politicians, I'm not sure whether it's the media. I, I just can't place my finger. There's, there's something fundamentally wrong with the way we live in this country. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, Burma camp, that you are burning bush. Have we run out of, of lawn mowers? <laughs> I mean, and this bush they are burning, you can even burn electric poles. Some of the fire is even going to burn telephone cables. And they do it every day. It's almost like a policy to burn bush. Then they cut down trees. You go parts of a crowd, somebody's just cutting down tree freely, routinely. Then somebody digs some hole, leaves like there's a junction here. Somebody was supposed to like do some work with some underground cable. He does the thing, he leaves the thing there. Somebody's doing a road, he hasn't put a proper signage there. You are driving today, your road is blocked, no signage. You are in certain countries, somebody's doing construction. Even the way they the cording of the place, even the level of uh, announcements. It's like here we don't care we're a contractor we come with our guys we dig open gutter we leave the shovel on the road we leave concrete mixer drive in accra people have left like cement cement carrying trucks have destroyed all our roads yep. go to the traffic light at the tunnel the whole right lane people what concrete uh, vehicles have littered the road with concrete and destroyed the whole road same 
all kinds of places it's like people don't think people are carrying baller in open top trucks and driving on the motorway it's like how just how do you take baller from Accra and cross the motorway that are going to then you are spreading the baller then somebody's holding a water truck his the car breaks down in some junction the whole city is this morning there was some car that had just broken down and you almost like on the road the the room road central no triangle the car is just there then he has put neem tree next to it and he's sitting there looking at your face then the police will even come then they go and stand in some corner like why is the society so dysfunctional and if you don't see it i i'm just saying you, you don't need to you don't you see you don't need to go you don't need to go far to see how we think we are we are poorly organized we are poorly organized and it's frustrating because we are getting used to it it's not even news anymore it's even the motorway it's like you drive on a motorway every 10 minutes somebody's crossing like yesterday we were on a motorway somewhere a trotsky stops like he's basically doing trotsky on the motorway so like six cars are behind him the guy just stops to pick a passenger and he's insulting everybody behind him and there's one speed camera bit that they put in some corner that they're on trial how complex is it to even do speed cameras or speed me- like it's almost like we have to do a multi-million dollar project before we can do something as basic as checking speed on the motorway the people are crossing left right and center school kids you know there's something fundamentally wrong with the way we have we have become we become i don't know what is happening to us you know it's it is very frustrating i'm telling you you know i don't know anyway so let's let's go to measles maybe that's where you that's where your energy is <laughs> no no Bernard, I, I think uh, i share largely um the 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 concerns that you have raised and you see sometimes it is not really a question of lack of money because if you look if you go and you buy something from the shops you notice that you know even in your like electricity bill you will see that there's something there they're charging you street light light levy and all kinds of things so the person collecting that money what are they using the money for so if there are no street lights on lights on the road you know that the money has been taken away from you the state has taken the money if the state has taken the money how come we are not seeing that translate into this the city looking the way it has to look at night and 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 who is in charge of repairing the street lights when they go off who is in charge of you know repairing the street light when a driver knocks them down and one of the the the, the, the biggest headaches i have in this country is drivers almost always destroy public property and, and they, go run away. they run away they run away they run away meanwhile there is someone paying for insurance for that vehicle and there is an insurance company that is taking that money so if you damage public property ideally we should pursue the driver we should pursue the owner and we should pursue the company that is supposed to be providing insurance cover for the vehicle you know what i think i think our educational system has failed and i'll explain why when i was in school mm. they would share compound for us Oh, session green mm-hmm. in front of class two yes session red near the near the market mm-hmm. session green toilet whatever if the headmaster comes mm-hmm. and that place has not been swept they call the session prefect mm-hmm. if the session prefect has no proper explanation for why the place has not been swept everybody mm-hmm. will be lashed mm-hmm. this continued all the way to secondary school even in sss yeah. ss2 mm-hmm. in class mr kote comes which who is on duty today this role mm-hmm. why is this rubbish here mm-hmm. this is lashes mm-hmm. Now, if we were all proper, if that thing they did went into us, mm-hmm. standards authority traffic light, if it's not working. So, because what education is trying to say to you is that you are responsible for this space. Mm-hmm. And whatever happens, I hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. 
obviously it didn't work because as i speak to you the standards authority, standards authority traffic light mm-hmm. is on a major arterial this is the main jj rawlings road mm-hmm. it connects to emmanuel eye clinic everybody from east Legon is using that road traffic light is not working fine no policeman there and everybody is in a tie going to work and they are off scrambling mm-hmm. It tells you that the people they are not correct there's something wrong with the people in the country mm-hmm. that they can dress and wear a tie and sit in a four-wheel drive and not plan for a traffic light to work and not plan for a policeman to be there and not plan for sanity then some junkie who's selling something on the roadside picks a name to say hey jina master jina mommy two cities and then you who's going to do policy for the country mm-hmm. you give him a coin and you continue yes, yes you are not correct like you understand because it means that the training that you were trained in school didn't enter you that you can you can sit down collectively for a whole traffic line not to function nobody's held accountable even if i ask you today who is in charge of that traffic line? you don't know yeah. is it the ministry of interior is it the ministry of uh, transport is it the ama is it and you don't even know which district so now that in an eye clinic there's ayawas always work on there there's madina lankwantana you know like Chaka. you get me it's like we are and we have allowed politicians to mess up everything creating districts slicing and dicing appointing incompetent people speaking english every day we give politicians air time to come and talk nonsense about this party has done this we are not improving i mean what is this what, what, what are you doing and you see nobody will leave the un will never meet and say let's discuss ghana because even as i speak to there are countries that are destroying themselves fighting mm-hmm. they are even syria was not even news again mm-hmm. syria they are so their news has they have they've been fighting since it's for, for over 10 years old. it's not even cnn news again now we are talking about, we've moved on so if you want if you want to develop your country and you keep doing these things you are doing you're just going to be left behind because nobody's going to discuss this oh by the way what happened to ghana they were so promising Kwame Nkrumah was there we don't care and if you move they will, they will block you from the migrant boat if your people want to cross the boat they'll let them die on the sea if you come they'll deport you they'll disrespect us and you'll be there going to church and shouting and screaming and doing all the things you are doing you're not going to go anywhere you need to wake up as a country say no we need we deserve better we deserve a better society better leadership better public resources that's what we need you know and we need to speak up when you are in a car somebody's misbehaving the trotsky speak to them stop this ghana family meeting drivers are misbehaving people are doing things and you're all like quiet and watching everybody go no that's where it starts because once your trotter driver can misbehave and get away with it then the minister can also do the same thing you know i don't know where we were trained to just keep quiet when things are going wrong or only say it when it affects our opponent and when politics has become so important partisanship so only those who support ndc see something wrong mpp is quiet like i don't even understand you know it's like what is going on why why are we and it's like oh media what what should media do again you know we need to wake up we need to wake up and change our thinking is wrong the whole society is not functioning properly you know and we are not even discussing important things as i speak to you there's a measles outbreak we don't have vaccines yet we are finding money to do all kinds of things what what kind of why is our priority you know what what are we doing you know we are we are damaging the children's future and we are here just speaking english no no let us actually i don't know like it, it i don't know it's i get discouraged you know it's like this society is we are not serious bernard we are not indeed oh. serious or only a few of us 
or a few of the citizens of this country are serious. And those who are serious get frustrated by the lackadaisical or the I don't careism of the majority. And when you find yourself with a minority in this situation, sometimes it is truly discouraging, Bernard. You, find, you, you ask yourself whether it is even worth it. You know, sometimes I ask myself, was it worth it coming back? Oh, you know, because, oh, you know, the things oh, you go oh, through oh, just to get very oh, simple things oh, done. Oh. You, you get out of school and all kinds of opportunities are waiting for you. You could have said, okay, I mean, kiss goodbye to Ghana. But we cannot afford to do that because, as you stated, we are the only people who can truly commit and build this country. Those who will come here will come here because they want to take something out. And what are they going to leave behind? Petans. At the end of the day, they go back to their country and build their countries. So it is our, our effort that will make sure that this country is built. But how do we get it done? Bernard, all these people who are managing specific offices in this country, they must have gone through some interview. And they must have been given some KPIs that, look, this is what you should do when you go into this particular office. And these are the deliverables we want to see. How is it that someone is in charge of urban roads? Someone is in charge of, you know, the signals unit. Somebody yeah. is in charge of the traffic unit. And yet all these things are happening. He goes to work every morning, closes at five, yeah. gets, to, gets paid at the end of the month. And yeah. yet these and you know, things... You know the annoying thing? When they hear the president is coming, yesterday I was listening to the, the reports. Mm -hmm. When they know the president is coming to whole area, they'll patch on roads quickly do some quick painting it means they know you see this is what is painting it means that they know that this road is not acceptable yeah. because if the president is coming they will do quickly to make it look good for him to come mm -hmm. which means they know that this is not acceptable do you understand so it's because if they are left it that way then you say that oh this is normal once you, you let the president say that he's coming to visit some factory in some pokwasi area if there's no road don't come and do the road mm -hmm. and you see it for me it reveals a certain cynicism that we know that this is not acceptable but so long as you can get away with it and this is the other point i think as a society we we must start training better leaders because this is what i see the only standard for promotion in public office is politics so i am a young man i enter a party i start doing their underground propaganda work for them write on facebook insult somebody do something 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 mm -hmm. uh, then some minister notices me and become one of his small boys I carry his bag, go up and down, do one or two things for him, uh, defend him on social media, find my way into some media platform. Then I form some group, do a phone interview small. Then I run for deputy youth organizer. I win. What, what do I know about leadership? What do I understand about governance? Instead of going to learn under some pharmaceutical company, run a company, learn how to apprentice and do something proper. I'll do this thing, uh, then I'll find myself as an MC. What can I do? Nothing. You see, leadership is about intent. Look, I don't consider myself a journalist. I'm, I'm being prepared to lead. That's all I'm doing. So even in my space, you're supposed to lead. People working in the newsroom, write story, do this. It's a leadership job. Everything that makes difference is leadership. So if the people who occupy space only know that this is our party and we will be loyal to the party, so when we can, we have to get post. Such a person can't bring any change because true, everywhere you've gone where there's change, whether it's a private school, a hospital, whether it's a church, whether it's a media house, there's leadership. Somebody saying, I'm going to change things. Most of the people we have in these public offices, they are just 
imposters. They don't understand leadership. They don't understand the sacrifice. They don't understand the process. They don't grow. They don't know what it takes to bring change to a space. And because there's no integrity, once one or two people come and give them bribe, no, they agree to do everything. They've not even learned the thing properly. Managing a city, managing a space, you know, it's you you should be able to take charge of the space and say this has to happen. You understand? So a lot of the leaders we find they are doing well in spite of only few of them are doing well. They they want to make a difference. Henry Corte, he try uh, they want to do him too far. <laughs> you hear me? So he he asked like we are not even prepared for proper leadership. We don't we don't want we, the, I, I think there's something fundamentally wrong with the way we are trained. I'm telling you. Because we, we the way we see things is so wrong. That's why we are living and you tell me you are in heaven. We are not in heaven. Ghana is supposed to be the black star of Africa. It was Ghana's independence that became the clarion call for other African countries to do well. They are looking up to us because we have, I keep saying, we have more educated people than most African countries. Our leaders, founders were more enlightened than most of their peers. We are supposed to be much, much far, further ahead. We are not doing anything. We are not doing anything. We are not inventing nothing. We can't even manage our spaces. You know, we are not, we are not, all we do is change power every eight years elections. Then we are happy. Charlie, Godfrey, do the tech and social media trends. <laughs> Charlie, that's in the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, the tech and social media trends brought to us by uh, the one Ghana promo on Vodafone. Sky will tell us quickly something yeah, about them. Yeah, that's right. Uh, with just one Ghana CDs, you can uh, have 20 minutes of time to all other networks and one gigabyte of data every day between 5 a.m. and 11.59 a.m. All you need to do is to dial star 530 hash uh, to subscribe and enjoy longer conversations and browsing. And it's also brought to you by Cal Bank. So Godfrey is going to take us into the trends. Godfrey, take it up. Thank you. <laughs> I see that you are really, really worked up this morning. Um, okay. So trending quite high this morning. Ashaiman uh, is trending at number two for obvious reasons. Um, you've conducted an interview. Yes, actually a couple morning. more interviews that have been brought in. We'll play them later. Yes. yes. So a lot of Ghanaians are worried by... Uh, what's been uh, happening in the Shaiman? Um, uh, people, uh, King of Accra, own King of Accra says some dollars of a Shaiman. Uh, a, a military man allegedly died in the area. Yes. And, uh, this is the response. Um, Manuel tweeting on a brave Maoli says uh, military personnel on rampage in a Shaiman. Oh. They are here to avenge Look the death that. of their colleague who was allegedly killed so, by such. So just who are supposed to be disciplined? Motorists are being attacked arbitrarily. Uh, Francis if, Avan if, if your soldiers says, can start misbehaving like this, your, your country is in trouble. Yeah. Um, Seriously. MP for Ashaiman and Esnogbe says a group of military men are going house to house beating up civilians. Uh, since this after captain was killed on Saturday by unknown men, calls it an unofficial curfew. And then um, Eskin Sam, he comes from a different place. He says uh, the bad boys in Ashaiman are. The Ashaiman Taifa area, including the slums around the area, should be given a proper beating according to him because so they're giving the whole area is, a bad is, name. So, is that how they should go about it? You know, anyway, go and ahead. Then, some people have shared videos of mm. what is happening. Mm. Um, so, mm. if you get on that mm. one, you see Ghana 66 is also trending. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are pretty unimpressed <laughs> with Ghana 66. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the normal flag you know, uh, mm -hmm. photos mm -hmm. were shared, mm -hmm. but you know, quite a few people also. 
um, is saying that there's a reason why uh, they won't send their children to public school because with regards to their marching, they don't want their kids to go and march hmm. and whatnot. So th- that's all happening? Yes, that's all what, happening. What about technology news? What, well, what is... quite a, f- a few things are happening. So, uh, Twitter's uh, lead European Union privacy regulator mm-hmm. on Tuesday says she was, which is today, says she's concerned that uh, the Elon Musk owned US firm had launched this Twitter blue subscription service uh, in the area without consulting her, hmm. despite a pledge to do so. So she's asking questions. Um, also, Elon Musk is not very happy with Twitter, the product itself or the service. And our thousands of users reported problems accessing links from the social media platform and other websites. And Elon Musk said the company had fixed the latest uh, in a series of outages, but he says that uh, ultimately they need a complete rewrite mm. of this. So he's uh, not very happy. And then keep an eye on the EU and how they try to regulate their big techs. Yes, that becomes the blueprint. Yes. Now WhatsApp as well is having honestly. issues with the EU. Yeah. Um, because WhatsApp has agreed to be more transparent over privacy policy changes, mm. uh, and this again is by I would the say EU that regulator. If it wasn't for the EU, when it comes to food and technology regulation, we'll be in a lot of trouble. Yes. Because they are very, sort of, they have this, the, the resources to match the mm. big companies mm. in terms of making sure they do the right thing. Yeah. A lot of the rest of the world is not able to do this. Yes. And then quickly, let me bring you down to Africa. Two quick things, one in Nigeria, one in Kenya. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, is it is Oshun State? Is that yes, how Oshun State. Oshun State, yes. So yeah. the governor, Ademola Adeleke, mm-hmm. he's trying to get tech investments there. Okay. So he has cancelled right-of-way fees So okay. basic, uh, for all telcos. So basically, he's saying that you can come and lay cables mm-hmm. in Oshun State for free. Nice one. Fiber optics. So and that then, it can increase the technology. Yes. Mm. He will not charge you anything. You that's that's a thinking governor. Yes. And then the last one I would take you to is in Kenya, where mm. <laughs> M-Pesa has been sued, interestingly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Over the operations of its uh, other arm. It's called Fuliza. Now, according to the three petitioners, mm-hmm. they are saying that since Safaricom uses money from non-boring M-Pesa account holders to give loans who are on Fuliza, uh, then the interest that Safaricom accrues from Fuliza should be shared with all Kenyans who hold M-Pesa accounts because it is their money. So that is the last one. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. I'm currently at um, a chairman of Shaltown. You know, over the weekend, I heard about the incident of a soldier who was made around Taifa, which is very close to Shaltown. So I read it on social media. I didn't see or witness the killing of the soldier. So this morning, you know, it was raining, so I woke up quite late, around 5. Usually, I would have waking up around 4 a.m. So when I woke up, normally stores around the area would have been opened. I realized that most of them were still closed. So I was thinking that it was still because of the, of the rain. And then just as I got out, I saw some soldiers on the stretch. So usually, <laughs> I, I would stand my roadside to just see cars moving. But there was no car moving. Then I saw some soldiers approach. I had to quickly run into the into our yard and lock the gate. Then I, I beckoned my, 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 my brother, who is called Wise, to come and see. Then he was telling me that he woke up earlier and saw the soldiers beating other people. Then he also went in. So the whole area was scared. My mother owns a store by the roadside and should have opened a store by now. But as you speak, uh, all stores are still closed. Cars passing, especially if you are a male, they just drag you out, beat you, and then... Uh, because I was watching across the wall. 
So any car passing, they stop you, especially if you're a man, they drag it out, they beat you, and they say that people uh, kill our, 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 how do you call it, our, our colleague, and, and those sort of, sort of stuff. You know, Asama of Shata is an area that is always buzzing. By four or five people will be out going to work, people are moving their shop. But as you speak, stores are called a stretch. Virtually, I would, if not for the soldiers, I would have said maybe it's called a rain. But virtually, the street is very, very quiet. Right from the official town, Tali Station, all the way to uh, heading to Ashama New Town, the place is uh, has turned to a, a ghost town. So that was another resident of Ashima uh, telling us what's going on there. We have been trying to call. I, I think but the, they don't talk. They, they have to. Why don't they talk? No, they, they issue statements. If you can behave, if you can misbehave in the public, you should be able to speak. Why don't they talk? Who gave them? The, who gave them the power not to talk? Oh. You have you have soldiers misbehaving themselves and say you won't talk. But you know they won't talk. I'm telling you. See, Bernard, and this thing um, they should invite the defense minister to go and answer questions. Uh-huh, that's one is uh, but you see you see why do you just get up and go to go to go to like why yes. do we think that we can do anything and just get away with the defense minister should be answering questions because the the armed forces itself will perhaps issue a, the only thing they will do agriculture issue can agriculture issue a statement you see the thing is the military has that's no jurisdiction to go anywhere and say that permission to enforce anything do you understand it is only in exceptional cases where they are called upon to intervene where the president for instance asks that abcd be done in a public interest and all of that and then also in national exercises where perhaps we, we require more robust response to the situation we get them involved but where a crime is allegedly committed as in this case where we are told that um, uh, uh, you know uh, uh, an officer has been murdered it is not the job of the military to seek to find the people arrest and prosecute them that is a matter entirely they think, reserved they think we are still in 1985 for the, the police service to deal with they are the people with the competence to deal with that matter and the jurisdiction to deal with it so the idea and if it is true that the military moved into town without any previous you know authority from the the institutions i that doubt that. i doubt if it's a if, and, if, and if, if, if it's, i doubt if it's a is an authorized operation yeah that's right it can't be right because the way they are behaving based on the reports we've gotten it cannot be an officially sanctioned program. and bernard this thing can take its roots from what happened in parliament when the the new parliament took office do you know that as we speak the soldiers who went into the parliament house at the time we did not strictly speaking have a president or a vice president we didn't even have a speaker of parliament we don't even know who ordered them to go the only person who was in power at that time was some would say the chief justice she was the only or he or she one of them yeah was the only person with some you know authority to deal with matters of state mm-hmm. if the argument of some people yeah. is anything to go by yeah these guys went to parliament at the time parliament had not even been properly you know constituted if you like because you know the speaker was not elected mm-hmm. and they were seeking to bring about some order imagine if these guys had said that look yeah. at this point we want to preside over the affairs or of imagine if, my... imagine if a gun went off exactly but, but Bernard, hence my displeasure with parliament with passing yeah. the minister of defense because yeah. this question came up yes. during his vetting he yes. did not answer the question he should have had the he should have been he did not answer that question because alongside like, when, when when the thing came it was interior defense mm-hmm. where the two ministries that were 
to answer questions as to what they were doing there mm -hmm. and somehow in fact interior defense and national security we could not get to the bottom of who actually owned that and the reason why for even my point is that parliament being the victim of this mm -hmm. could have insisted on getting some proper answers before they go yeah, but it to... wasn't just it wasn't even just that i remember if it was i think anabu muntaka who was asking who was leading that particular session about three or four questions about other incidents like what has happened yeah. in assignment mm -hmm. yeah. came up where the minister was asked what 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 is the status of these incidents what is the investigation? Yeah. There wasn't a single yeah. one where he was able to provide and a proper know, answer. What, what happens is Not that one. Parliament lets itself down because in the interest of partisanship, they allow certain things to slide, right? Mm. And then it becomes a pattern. For me, I always say, if you are an MP, you are the people's representative. You are the last stop for us. Mm -hmm. Whether the person is in your party or not, once they come and sit in front of you to answer questions in front of you for public matters of public interest, mm -hmm. If they don't provide satisfactory answers, you have to use your parliamentary power to block. You gave me the four functions of parliament. Mm -hmm. I feel, pa because Sky, we can talk on air. Mm -hmm. I can't summon anybody. Mm -hmm. But if a, a committee, and there have been many things that are, like this particular incident, mm -hmm. the defense minister should be talking to the defense committee tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. There should be a full disclosure of an investigation. Parliament should be able to even recommend sanctions. Mm -hmm. But you don't see that because the committee is still split on partisan lines. And people are not thinking in the national interest they forget that when you allow misconduct to continue and you don't punish it First it becomes place. a pattern mm -hmm. so when you sit there as an mp for mpp or ndc you are representing the the interest of the state that's why the premise of our constitution gave you that power mm -hmm. and you are always talking about and i feel like parliament look parliament can assert itself yep. they don't need anybody the president doesn't need to tell parliament what to do mm -hmm. Parliament can on its own decide to do many things because they have the power of the press. Parliament can tell the executive that from today, if you appear before us and you don't supply this or that report, your budget will not be approved. Mm. No, nobody can do anything. Yes, that's true. They don't do it. A lot of the MPs, they are more beholden to their party or to the government than to the state. This is what is happening. Mm. So now people don't respect them. They become a rubber stamp and then they blame us. Mm. Look, you've watched Parliament abroad mm -hmm. where people have appeared before them. You can be a multi-billionaire when you appear before that commission. You, are you dare not. You dare not. Here, we've allowed... You watch this health minister thing. He'll go there today. Tomorrow morning, we'll be back here. Nothing is going to happen. You see, and this is my frustration that institutions must... In some countries, the judiciary rises and I say, look at Kenya, look at Nigeria. Sometimes when there's chaos and the executive is behaving, the judiciary say, no. You remember during the election petition? Mm -hmm. The judiciary say, hey, if you try here, we'll not agree. Mm -hmm. Parliament must do the same. They are led by an experienced MP. Mm -hmm. So it's not as if they don't know. Somehow, for convenience, for partisanship, for fear, I don't, I don't, and as you speak, plenty of people want to go to Parliament too. Yeah, and you look at them and you laugh. Then my question is, <laughs> have they even, have they, have do they, they understand, do they they understand what they want to do? You say you want to go and be an MP. So we should vote for you. Do you know what it means to be a member of Parliament? Do you know, do you know, do you know how parliament is failing the people? Do you, do, you, do you understand what I'm trying to correct? Maybe we should subject them to strict proof. When they come on our networks for those parliamentary debates, mm -hmm. we should be a bit more rigorous with them. Mm -hmm. Because if you have the right people in parliament, you are going to, the democracy will do better. Honestly. Let's hear another uh, eyewitness in uh, Ashaman before I get to the, the health issue. Here's another person complaining about what happened earlier today. What happened is that 
we gathered a military man, a young man was killed. I just saw the pictures, quite young. I don't know what led to the incident for him to have died. But there are some military men, in fact, a lot of them who arrived in the area somewhere around 2 a.m. And since 2 a.m., they have been on rampage. They will beat you when they set their eyes on you. They went knocking on doors. Once you come out, you receive slaps. So it's become some ways, and people cannot go out. Even the electoral people in the area, the uh, assemblyman for Nima electoral area, sent some communiques around that people should be careful. Don't pass a particular area if you don't have anything to do there. And it's becoming very dangerous. Everyone is scared and they are hiding in their homes. If you're a boy, a young man, or whatever, you'll be beaten. Even if you're a woman and you dress in a certain way, you are a suspect to them, they will beat you up. So that's what's happening. How many military men uh, have you seen in this operation? Not less than 20. Did they come with their vehicles? Well, as at the time we saw them, we didn't see vehicles. We saw them on foot, moving from one place to the other. But they are dominantly um, in the Taifa area. Are they armed? Well, a few of them are armed, but they are not using their arms on anyone. They are using their boots, their hands, and all that. Are you able to um, tell uh, the stripes, the stripes on their uniform? Are you able to tell which uh, command they are coming from from the uniforms they are wearing? Well, that's what I've been trying on getting, but it's impossible because I cannot get that close to them. Mm. Yeah. Very sad, and there's a message I want to read, and I've seen a couple of this. People have tagged me in this, you know, and this one has come via a message, but it says, Bernard, there's a video of citizens manhandling a soldier from, that's been circulating since yesterday. In the video, the soldiers informed uh, the manhandlers that they were sent by their captain. This morning, a report of a soldier dead. Please, I urge you to get the video before you make any comments. And I've seen others. Let me, let people understand something. One, the death of anybody is tragic. Mm-hmm. Anybody. Whether it's a soldier. Soldier, police, whatever. student, whatever. Their lives are the same. They matter. Okay? So, I don't know where this mentality has come from that when we, we, we place different kinds of premium so once a soldier has been beaten the law the law should be should be shut down for people to exert their kind of their pound of flesh because it's a soldier or it's a policeman we've al- allowed this kind of mentality to create room where the services actively use it to infringe yes. on people's rights you have issues with immigration you get one call they will come Police, one call, land, they will land come. issue, land issue, they go, they will go, they will come. That is not how the law works. An incident has happened. Somebody has lost his life. When that happens on the normal, what is the procedure? We report to the police. The police investigate. The area we are talking about. I am not sure there was a death last week. I am sure there was a death the week before. Did they go and attack anybody? Did people start beating people? Because their person is my relative or is from my hometown. The police will tell you that they are investigating. File a complaint. We cannot have situations where we are saying that, okay, because somebody was manhandled. That is why we say, let us stop mob justice. 
If you if we stop, so so why should soldiers be doing mob justice, mob justice when you say we should stop mob justice? <laughs> mob justice. And for me, these are the people who I see. This is the thing. L- let us the, not. The law is what even creates your office, and Parliament can even defund you. Let us not. You see where I'm coming from. Yeah. Parliament can say we are going to defund the military. What can they do? So they shouldn't do. And you see, this is the thing. Now everything is captured on social media, so you cannot behave like you are in 1981. Let me tell you to so. go to Ashama is be beating people on in the name of we are soldiers, and you are supposed to be the people who are custodians of discipline. Discipline, I mean, I mean oh, it's, it's, it's disgraceful. Yeah, I just want. All right, now I'm going to turn my attention to health in a second, where we have raised concerns about two things the absence of vaccines, but also the lack of doctors in a particular region, and I feel. We need to do a quick interview on this before we, we move on back to our discussion. So, this morning, Beverly London reported that the Wa East District had only one doctor to cater for 90,000 residents. We thought that was very serious. So, we've called Dr. Kinsley Pascal Mwin, who is the Wa West District Director. Now, I'm confused. I thought it was Wa East. Let me just clarify. Dr. Pascal is the Wa West District Director of Health. Doc, welcome. Good morning. Good morning and thank you, Bernard. So, are you Wa West or Wa East District Director of Health? Just to clarify. Yes, Wa East District. Wa East, fantastic. So, there was a report yesterday that uh, you had only one doctor left in the district. Is this correct? Yes, that's very true. Wow. For how long has this been the case? Okay, so Bernard, let me just give you a brief background of uh, what is district for the benefits of those who do not have inside in the what is district. So the what is district is one of the 11 districts in the Upper West region. Uh, it has a total population of 93,561. And uh, this is the third largest uh, district in terms of population in the Upper West region. And also the second largest in terms of uh, land uh, mass size in the region. Uh, the district currently has 10 uh, health centers and then 38 chips compounds. We do not have a, do not have a, a clinic. And so this is the only district within the region that cannot provide what we call emergency obstetric and newborn care, which has to do with uh, surgical interventions when uh, uh, they need be. Um, I am the only serving doctor in the district. I serve as the district director of health services and also do some clinical work in the district. The district was created over 14 years ago, but as of now, we do not have a hospital or polyclinic. And because of that, many of the doctors that get posted to the white district, sorry, uh, some of them come, and then when they see the nature of the district, they go and they come no more. And this has been ongoing for, for more than five years now, I should say. I joined the district uh, some six months ago uh, when I was reshuffled from one municipal hospital, mainly because I am a doctor so that I could provide uh, both clinical services and administrative services at the district. Uh, I recount an unfortunate incident sometime last year, that six months ago, uh, when I arrived in the district and uh, I was going on my familiarization tour to one of the health centers, uh, this was a woman who was referred from the chief's compound. And Bernard, the nature of the roads and also the communication network in the district is very, very bad. Referral was initiated early, 
but it took up to five hours for this pregnant woman to get to the referral facility, that's Pulinga Health Center, that's even not a hospital or polyclinic. Upon arrival, fortunately I was there, we made an assessment and we realized that this woman needed an emergency cesarean section uh, to save her and also save the baby. So we quickly referred a route to the nearest uh, district hospital, that's one municipal hospital. Myself, I was in the ambulance with my team because we couldn't let a woman go with one nurse. Uh, halfway or midway uh, uh, to one municipal hospital, the woman arrested. And so we tried all our best to resuscitate her and save her. That wasn't possible. Uh, fortunately, uh, there was still some fetal heartbeat. I mean, when I say fetal heartbeat, there was still uh, some life in the baby. And then we did what we call a perimotem cesarean section. We did even a, a razor blade in attempt to save the baby. The baby was successfully taken out. But because of the long uh, distance travel uh, with the woman from the referral facility, uh, the oxygen that was in the ambulance got used up. And so we didn't have this to resuscitate the baby. Unfortunately, we lost the baby. And this was mainly because we didn't have uh, a theater facility within the district. Probably uh, if we had one closer, the referral would have been timely and the intervention would have also been timely. So these, these are just a few of the uh, difficulties and challenges mm. that... Uh, so are you saying that, right. is it that doctors are not posted there or when they are posted, they don't turn up? How, how does this work? So we've gotten a few postings when they are posted, they come, report, and then when they see the nature of the place, they go and they don't come back. So the recent posting was uh, some uh, three months ago when the regional director of health uh, services in the Upper West region tried to convince one of the doctors to take up posting in, in, in the district. He reported, and unfortunately, uh, he didn't come back. So aren't there even like doctors from the area who you could lobby? I mean, be- because obviously, the, I mean, the capital is Funsi. Uh, Why East has prominent people who are educated. And the other route you can use to even lobby citizens from Why East to get their colleagues in. Because I'm sure there are people from that area in medicine all over the world. Right, so I, I don't know. I, I mean, is it a, a, such a lost cause? Well, uh, Bernard, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's such a lost cause uh, because we've uh, uh, taken some moves. We uh, have tried to sponsor a few of uh, our staff to medical school, but these are long-term uh, moves. When they will be done, it's, 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 it's a question that. Uh, we, we are waiting to answer. Uh, also, what the inhabitants are doing is, uh, especially the, the chiefs and opinion leaders and also the district chief executive as well as the MP, uh, they have come out with some motivational package in order to be able to attract a doctor there. One is to, uh, uh, to build uh, an accommodation facility and then furnish it uh, for the doctor who will be willing to come. And also some sort of uh, uh, allowances are in place. We have used this in attempt to sell out to uh, uh, 
doctors who have just completed uh, their their housemanship, uh, and uh, but then we 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 haven't received any favorable uh, results yet. So it is. I wouldn't say it's a bad situation. It's, it's, it's a lost hope. We're still looking around. We're still trying to convince uh, uh, potential doctors. And I must say that uh, with what you said, whether there are no doctors from that locality, in fact, there are doctors from that locality. The recent doctor that declined posting to that place is actually from the place where we wanted to station him. The recent doctor that declined the posting is from the district? from the district are you serious very serious <sighs> is it is, are the living conditions that bad I, I i know a bit about this because i remember a few months back there were complaints about the nature of roads indeed there were complaints about the roads in the area not being good enough and things like this you know where for example uh, the MP said that the government should reconsider why it rose in the EU World Bank funded project to boost agri. So I know there are problems. But is the district that deprived to the extent that a doctor cannot live there? Well, uh, Bernard, I am a doctor and I'm living there. So I cannot say that uh, the, the district is so much deprived. Uh, Yes, it's, it's deprived in a way, but it's not totally deprived to the extent that uh, we would say that a doctor cannot live there because I am living there uh, myself and providing uh, services there. But I agree with you that the road network is very, very bad. Telecommunication uh, network is also very, very bad. We have about 146 communities and 56 of these communities are hard to reach, hard to reach in terms of... Uh, uh, reverse transversing uh, these communities and so when it's raining season in fact if you are at the farthest point holomoni kundungu and the rest is difficult it's difficult for you to come to wa the regional capital because of uh, uh, the streams and rivers cutting you off wow what is the predominant economic activity in the wa east district so they are mostly farmers the indigents are mostly farmers, and you have farmers to coming in from other uh, uh, neighboring districts and other regions to settle there for farming purposes. All right, Doc, thank you. This is not the last you hear of me. We will come back to you and try and see if we can raise more attention to this. But thank you for the work you do. Dr. Kinsley Pascal Moon is the WA East District Director. 93,500 citizens, 10 health facilities, only one doctor. He's the district director in charge of the whole place. This is completely over massive. twenty chips compounds. So basically, massive. he's one That's man crazy. overseeing the whole district yes. in terms of healthcare. And he just described how they lost a woman lost a baby because they couldn't get the child to the hospital on time. There's no primary care doctor. There's no ops and gynae. So when it comes to delivery, you are not even talking about specialists like pediatrics. You are just talking about basically having a doctor to even help mm-hmm. assess a pregnant woman. There's nothing like this. This is a whole district in Ghana. So okay. So the question now is, how are we allocating our resources? What is the center doing? Okay. Again, government can make a lot of excuses. But you can't tell me that at the Ministry of Health and GHS, you have your dashboard of district hospitals, the number of doctors distributed. Even if it means incentivizing somebody to go and live there. If somebody can even live in Wa and give the person a vehicle 
Do you get my point? So there's obviously a failure of leadership at the top. You know, and I don't know. I, I feel it's like we we bury our heads in the sand. We don't take responsibility. And only few people like Dr. Kinsley, he'll probably do it until his wife and children say, Charlie, you're not the only good man in town. If you if you don't bring somebody to join us, it will go. It's That's what happens. It's heartbreaking that even a citizen of the area is posted there. He doesn't want to go. Was it? I mean, I mean that broke me down, Charlie Bernard. That just broke me, man. Where was he trained, uh, Charlie? It's, it's, what was he told Charlie, about his own people? That, that I mean, Charlie. It's, it, it's, and you see, this, this is the, this is the problem. Oh. And then we sit here. If some international agency goes there. And then we will say oh, they want to indoctrinate our people. Yeah. You see, we are like I don't understand what Ghanaians. You wait till some some uh, PPAG or something goes there. We won't do anything about this people's health. Oh, let some international agency go there and start doing something. No, somebody come and say, oh, they want to teach our children LGBT. They want to teach our. That's what we do. We won't do the work. When somebody, why won't donor money push donor agenda? There are places in Ghana. If it wasn't for USAID, Danida, and Co, there's nothing we do for our own people. If a lot of these donors that we criticize take their money, if USAID takes their money out of health, there are many government programs that will, will collapse. In fact, the, the, the vaccine issue, a lot of the money to vaccinate our own children is paid for by donors. And the plan is that by 2026, there will be no donor funding. You see? For this. So you say Ghana beyond aid. It's a joke. Like, what are you talking about? You know, you can't even, you can't even pay for vaccines for your own citizens. Don't give me a slogan. Right, go on the ground and look at what's happening. You one doctor for a whole district. Meanwhile, every month or two months, they release doctors from housemanship. How are we even training them? What are we telling them that not even one will want to go? Are we just teaching them anatomy? Is that the only thing they should be trained in? What about national service? What about sacrifice? You get me? So, I say it's back to the education. There's something but, but fundamentally about, wrong with what we are. I'm telling you, isn't it also about what, what else is what is available? That's it. You know, because even for somebody who comes from there, mm -hmm. you see, the mindset is I want to leave here and go elsewhere. So the person's whole training towards becoming a doctor most of the time is I want to leave this setting, which is why the person took off on that journey. So the person's mindset is not I'm going to become a doctor to come back. And help, and he's not been the only person, and so there are doctors ahead of him who, to live, yeah. So, obviously, he doesn't have the right examples of so we can't even just blame him. <laughs> so, for example, 20, 20 years ahead of him, doctors have been trained. Why are they, they gone? So, he's, he be he's been trained come? in a system that tells him that this place you can't live here, Bernard. You know, the uh, and frankly, ben, Bernard, we must also admit, like, um, Dr. I, Pascal, I mean. He's one man. It, it must take a lot of self-sacrifice to do this. To do this because Sky, the reality also is there's nothing there. Yeah. Let's be honest. There's yeah, but, but that's there is nothing. But, but, oh, no, no. But you need tools. You need tools. You see, there's if you talk to you have a lot more doctor friends than I do. Some they get to the point where they feel like they've hit a wall. Yeah. There's only so much improvisation they can do. The, the system does not even encourage There's them. There's only see, so much this, improvisation this is where they can comes do. In. This is where, Sky, I'm saying that between the DCE, the MP, the Minister of Health, and all the people, I'm sure they can come up with a solution to say, okay, accommodation and transportation, even as a temporary issue. Okay. Look, doctors don't go to some places because there's no opportunity for training. Because if I stay in Kolebu, 
I can do my specialized course at the College of Physicians and Surgeons. If I go to FUNSI, I may not be able to do it. So it should be a special program to say, okay, you are in FUNSI. Government can say, we'll subsidize your training at UDS for your specialized course. I'm not saying I know all, I have all the answers, but I'm saying that there's no problem that cannot be solved if you are committed. Exactly. It's a leadership failure. We must all bow our heads in shame, including even those of us in Accra. Because if we even give, imagine if we give Wa East a weekly coverage for one month, right? If we tell Latif that Latif, do a story about health in Wa East for the next one month until we get doctors posted there. We can also play our role. You know, everybody feels it's somebody else's job to do, which is why things get bad. I think there's more, and maybe we should use this frustration of today's show to redirect even our editorial policy that we need to spend a lot more time to highlight because tr- truth be told it's what we highlight that gets done go to, go on cnr if we focus on galamse they run there focus on what be, because it's almost like people don't have direction so if the media keeps telling you that do this do this do this, don't do it do you hear me it, it's for me and it also goes to how we are how we are trained what are we being told in church or in the mosque for that matter that you don't feel like after seven years of training Highly subsidized training because every doctor in Ghana, apart from those who pay full fee paying, their training is subsidized. Where is the giving back? <laughs> okay. It, 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 and all the things we're discussing today, a shaman beaten by soldiers, only one doctor in Wa East, no vaccine. These are the emblems of bad governance and bad leadership. The failing country. The, the, this is what it is. Okay. We are, we, are, we, can't, we are not saying we are negative about our country, but this is terrible bad leaders leaders must accept responsibility for this type of situation that all the doctors you have in ghana you can only find one who will go to our east and i'm sure there are districts like that all over the north yeah not even just in the even the north there are other parts of the country who, who people are experiencing these things on a daily and and you see sometimes i understand Godfrey's point about oh yeah there's nothing there Sometimes you, you hear the frustration. They tell you that there are common problems that they can deal with, but for the absence of maybe a syringe, but for the absence of a gauze, but if, uh, for the absence of this, they could not save a life. So sometimes it hits them emotionally. I understand that. But I can only urge that even if it is the minimal that you can do or the minimum that you can do to save a life, keep doing it. Yeah. Because, look, Reverend Father Campbell, he left his country so many many years ago came to this country stayed here what is here in ghana for him Mm -hmm. but he did his service to god in our country there are many more people like that Mm -hmm. who many can speak about who have abandoned their own countries and are here in service to humanity so if your own community, they urge you to go there and help save a life, at least even if you won't do it for your entire life, do a month, two or three. It is important. Two quick announcements. We have Dr. Hilda Mantebia Boy, incoming president, Pediatric Society of Ghana. We've, we've someone here to come to discuss the issues around vaccines, children's health across the country. But before we get into that, if you missed out on the general admissions for Heritage Christian University College, then you can get in touch now because we are doing new admissions. We are behind the Olympic Stadium at Amasaman, affiliated to KNUST. We have BBA programs in accounting, marketing, human resource management, banking, finance, and more. We also have BSc Infotech and Info Security. We have professional programs in CIMG, ICM, ICA. 
we also do one student one laptop we have affordable and flexible fee structure call zero five four double seven 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 three one or zero two zero two two nine eight three nine nine you can also dial star seven eight nine star three hundred has to buy your online serial number and apply at atuc.edu.gh and if you're looking for real ice cold refreshment to quench your thirst and complement your meal then go on and grab your favorite 300 ml coke classic plastic bottles now five cds or the same size 300 ml coke zero fanta and sprite plastic at four cds there's also the 1.5 liter coke classic plastic bottle now at 20 cds and the same size 1.5 coke zero fanta and plastic sprite at 18. real refreshment comes with coke still on the health side of things uh, let's read a few quick comments okay guys. let me take some comments bernard uh, this one from adam says ben and team good morning i agree that something is fundamentally wrong with the ghanaian people i get pain when i see children and young ones litter our streets with garbage after they drink and eat because the adults do it too no one teaches them about cleanliness again what kind of education are we giving our children these days more comments coming in this one says yesterday is much um uh, ceremony uh, taught me a lot about Ghana mm-hmm. and like you rightly said Ghana at its independence was a black star was the leader of, of Africa essentially with great ideal of scholars mm-hmm. how did we get here it is truly appalling that's mm-hmm. coming in from Rosemary who is listening to us in Switzerland Geneva this one says dear Bernard and team there is um, a term in psychology called sensory adaptation Mm -hmm. which is defined as reduced sensitivity to an unchanging stimuli that's our problem in ghana we have become so used to our problems they are not problems to us anymore that's coming in from justice Mm. in a crying knee says that guys what's the plan for ashima underbridge the government is not being fair at all to the people of ashima especially when it rains the road between ajay kujo and klagon um gets flooded the underpass is narrow so you have to wait in traffic for a very long time this one says if the citizens are sharing videos of what's happening in ashaiman i urge the media to broadcast it so uh, the soldiers uh, who are involved are identified and uh, punished accordingly but uh, let me just make a quick um call mm-hmm. you know if you read uh standing order 72 of the rules of the house and bernard with mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. uh with your indulgence mm-hmm. the, the the standing orders of parliament uh, two, uh, 72 says by the indulgence of the house and leave of mr speaker mm-hmm. any member mm-hmm. may at the time appointed for statements under order 53 mm-hmm. which is order of business explain a matter of personal nature mm-hmm. or make and this is where my emphasis mm-hmm. is a statement on a matter of urgent public importance mm-hmm. any statement other than a personal statement okay i'm urging the honorable member for the uh why east uh, east constituency and then also the honorable member for the assignment constituency today when they go to parliament mm-hmm. their job is cut out for them. they know what they should do they need to use the standing orders of parliament draw the attention of the speaker make even before so even if the business committee has not discussed yeah that's right once it's an urgent matter that has to be dealt with because Mm -hmm. the lives of citizens of war east um so what's his name what's the mp of war east called uh and then ashaiman is and it's not way and it's not way wonderful so you're saying that they have the right to issue a statement Mm -hmm. 
calling for urgent action on this matter uh, exactly wonderful now we are still talking health my guest for the next few moments dr hilda mantebia boy president-elect pediatric society of ghana in fact she's the outgoing vice president so she's not new in this space at all <laughs> and in fact a couple of weeks before this became topical the society had held their annual uh, general and scientific meeting where they issued a communique about the need to do more for the health of our children indeed they called it environmental uh, health and children's well-being a shared responsibility so as if they knew they issued this communique three weeks ago a month ago i believe it was yes. only for us to now wake up to the situation of lack of vaccines which is now leading to a measles outbreak in parts of the country so the the pediatricians are very very concerned doc welcome to the show good morning thank you good morning how are you doing i'm good wonderful so before we come to what you said last month mm-hmm. i think we've been sort of calling you over this issue where we are told there's been a shortage of vaccines i'm sure you would know how long this has been because you work directly in the space is this a recent phenomenon or have we had this shortage for a while now it's quite recent relatively but some parts of the north started reporting Mm -hmm. the shortage i think about november or so last year Uh and it has now become widespread so it means that Mm -hmm. it's not just one region that is affected but Mm -hmm. a lot of other regions have become involved and people are just not getting the vaccines when they go to immunize their children mm. so we're talking bcg which is yes. the one for tuberculosis yes. we're also told which other ones do you know the polio polio pneumococcal vaccine okay and then the measles vaccine is that the measles rubella yes the measles rubella vaccine and these are part of the six childhood killer diseases yes they are amazing now i know that vaccination has been one of possibly Ghana's most successful public health campaigns yes so prior to the shortage was there a concern about vaccine coverage at all i.e are there any pockets of the country where mothers don't send their children or based on the way Ghanaians know vaccination how were people what was the uptake of vaccines prior to the shortage generally very good mm. the reason is the vaccines were available mm-hmm. and the health professionals were reaching the people in their homes even okay. in communities where let's say there was a river people needed to cross our public health nurses were crossing these rivers they were climbing these mountains to get the vaccines to the children and the acceptability has been quite good so we haven't had much of an issue over there it's just because of these shortages and the fact that people are actually still actively seeking to get the vaccines for their children but they are just not there Mm. from the science perspective is vaccination something that has to happen before a particular age and if it does not, what are the consequences? I know there are different diseases. So yes. is it like you have to vaccinate before age two or something? Otherwise, or you once you get a, how does it work? Well, we have a schedule mm-hmm. and that schedule looks at the illnesses, the mm-hmm. various, uh, the various mm-hmm. vaccines that are available mm-hmm. and the response of the body. So it's based on that, that we have the schedule. So for many, well, I could go yes, through them to, quickly. To help us, All yeah. right. So. At best, we have the BCG, mm-hmm. and the BCG is what we give to protect against tuberculosis. So mm-hmm. when you give the BCG, it doesn't mean you can never get tuberculosis, but mm-hmm. what it means is that your chances of getting very bad forms of tuberculosis, the one that will affect the brain, mm-hmm. the bone, all mm-hmm. those, 
very very low compared mm-hmm. to someone who is not vaccinated and then we have the polio vaccine mm-hmm. then we have hepatitis b the one at birth hepatitis b is not available so that is not being given Ooh. that's also an issue though mm-hmm. and at six weeks we have the another oral polio va- vaccine virus mm-hmm. and then we have the dpt hepatitis b and then the hemophilus influenza b mm-hmm. then we have pneumococcal vaccine one and then the rotavirus vaccine one okay at 10 weeks we have the oral polio vaccine virus to virus vaccine sorry yes to and then we have the dpt the hemo- hepatitis b hemophilus influenza b2 the second one mm-hmm. then pneumococcal 2 then rotavirus is repeated again at the 10 weeks then at 14 weeks you have the oral polio vaccine mm-hmm. 3 then the dpt hemophilus influenza b the third one mm-hmm. hepatitis b again then the pneumococcal comes in then the ipv comes in so it's like a schedule, a schedule. based on so you give one, you wait a few months yes, to give another one. Yes. So it means if you miss one or two, it throws the whole thing out of gear. Yeah, it does. It does. Mm. But as much as possible, depending on which vaccine is missing, yeah. we try to catch up when the vaccines are available or when the person shows up. Depends on the age and all that. Do we know if failing to vaccinate a child in any of the six, which is the most dangerous? For example, if a child doesn't get a polio vaccine for their first three years, what are the poss- possible consequences or measles? What are possible consequences? Those are what we are currently seeing. Mm-hmm. That's the measles. You see that people have started getting the infections. Mm-hmm. And these infections have not been recorded in this country for a very, very long time, for years. Let's say 30 years or so, we have not been seeing measles. So to suddenly have a resurgence of the infection means that well even if anybody ever doubted that the vaccines were working in the past now they have evidence the vaccines are not available and children have started getting the vaccine the infections Mm -hmm. and with something like measles for example anybody can be infected the very young the very old pregnant women diabetics all those can be infected so it's something that affects everybody you and i even Mm. for people who have been vaccinated in the past you still can catch the infection Mm. once for some reason your immunity is down Mm. you are at risk again let me read two stories to corroborate this so on citynewsroom.com february 7 measles outbreak over 70 children in northern region infected the northern region has recorded over 70 positive cases of measles among children since october last year with the situation worsening the region currently has run out of measles vaccine. So far, the cases have been detected in four districts, including Karaga, Sagnarigu, Tamale, and Gushehu, where it was first detected. According to city news sources, even though there has not been any death as a result of the outbreak, there have been sev- severe cases where children had to be put on oxygen in some health facilities. This is February uh, 7. Mm-hmm. Jump to February 25. Vaccine shortage. 120 cases of measles recorded in northern region. So the number is growing bigger. Yes. Now, this one is attributed to you. The Pediatric Society of Ghana has disclosed that 120 cases of measles were recorded in the northern region by end December 2022 due to shortage of essential vaccines. Speaking on the big issue on Saturday, a member of the society, Dr. Jewa Bondi, Bondi. Bonwedi. Bonwedi. <laughs> yes. Urged the government to ensure the country never runs out of vaccines for children. And then she says 120 cases of measles were recorded in northern region. So that tells you the situation is severe. So, Doc, I, I'm, I'm sure if you, after, after your next round of checks, this figure may be higher. Yes. And as we speak, we're looking at about 500. Wow. 
suspected cases of measles and you know how mm. ghana is there are those who will go to the fetish priest those who will go to the herbalist and even those who may not show up in hospital because they don't have the money to show up in hospital so we are worried because we're just sitting and watching and it's getting worse by the day mm. and th- that is expected also because it's an infectious disease we really really shouldn't have come to this point in the very first place because we know how bad or terrible these illnesses are and mm-hmm. we know that there's a solution so everybody had to just sit up and ensure that we don't get to this point mm. but what does is can missiles kill yes it can mm. it can it can cause pneumonias it, it it can cause infection around the brain so your lung can be affected wow you can die mm encephalitis or infection around the brain mm. you can die or develop disability as a result of that so mm. these all these illnesses are illnesses that can kill mm. i see so we are told the measles is in the north the, yes. the the bcg shortage do we know which particular area is this nationwide so no so the northern region some parts of greater accra mm-hmm. the Buno areas mm-hmm. Those are the main areas that we are hearing about the short shortages from. For that particular one. Yes. What about polio? Do we know if the shortage of polio vaccine? I think it's similar. Yes. yes. Wow. Yes. Have we seen? Have you seen any of such a thing in your practice? You've been practicing for a few years. You are the incoming president. Has there been a period where we've had this type of shortage of vaccines in the country? No, I haven't seen. I ha- I have. I mean, occasionally mm-hmm. we have a platform as the Society of Ghana, and maybe once you may see that. Oh, do we have this vaccine? We are not getting it. But those are just like one-offs, and often there are other facilities close by mm-hmm. that have the vaccine, so it's not really an issue. But this is something that is like severe because it's, the shortage is widespread. So. Mm-hmm. At, at some point, we will say, oh, ma- mommy, go and check this place or go to this. But now they are going everywhere and they are not getting the vaccines. Do we know the number of children under, is this under two? This is children under two, right? That we have in the country and what this shortage, if, it's, if it persists, could mean for that generation. So let's assume, and I'm not a doomsday prophet, but let's assume this doesn't get resolved by, say, Easter. Mm-hmm. So that from november december all the way to march ending children are not vaccinated what can what does what 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 potentially does this mean for the population essentially what it means is that they don't have protection Mm -hmm. it means that all these illnesses for which they are not getting the vaccines for Mm -hmm they are very susceptible and can get those infections Mm -hmm. again it also means that anybody that is connected to them Mm -hmm. once your immunity has a problem or your immune system is not functioning well you are also at risk so all the grandmas grandpas who are helping to care for Mm. these young ones at home also very vulnerable are at risk people undergoing cancer treatment so really it's everybody and we are looking at thousands or even millions of children Mm. and potentially everybody you know we have a lot of old people we have a lot of people with illnesses that they are not even aware of so this is something Mm. that can potentially affect the whole country and we cannot sit and look on as Mm. if there's nothing happening and we can't also sit down and think that oh it will be over soon so there's nothing i mean we as healthcare professionals are preparing Mm. ourselves for if i may call this disaster because the measles outbreak now 
it's a terrible situation and it's a disaster, if mm. I may just put it that way. Mm-hmm. And we know that it's likely to spread and spread until we have the immunization coverage picking up again, mm-hmm. having maybe about 90% or so of the population having the vaccines that they need to have. Mm-hmm. Because it's only at that point that that herd immunity, that protection, that general protection that the the masses or the majority of people have will protect people mm. from spreading and from having the infection. The the society should ex- communicate. I think a week and a half ago, mm. have you had any response? Have you had any assurance from the Ghana Health Service that this is being dealt with? Of course, communicates usually to the public. Yes. So you are not writing to the minister or anything. But yes, I'm sure the number of pediatricians in the country would know. Do you, have you seen any movement in that space to suggest that this will be resolved soon? Well, so. We we have heard on the news at certain points that in two weeks it will come. And I think we're in the second week now. So yes. we're all hoping that before the end of this week it mm-hmm. comes. Mm-hmm. But whatever the case is, it's very worrying mm-hmm. because we need the vaccines. We need them like today. We need them like even yesterday. So we need the vaccines. And we are hoping that there are no further delays in getting the vaccines in because where we find ourselves now is really embarrassing for mm-hmm. all of us as a society, as mm-hmm. a country. Mm-hmm. It says that we have gone back. It says that people have not done what they should have done. Mm-hmm. And it says that our system has failed all of us. Is, is a vaccine something I can go over the counter and buy? So uh, can parents who are well to do go to a pharmacy and say, give me BCG, three strips for my child. Is it possible? No, it doesn't work that way. Mm. Vaccines are not like paracetamol or any of mm. those over-the-counter medications mm. that you can go and buy. Mm-hmm. Even if you have the money, the agencies are not just going to sell to you if you go out there that you are going to buy them. So and it's not they are not produced here either. So mm. it's not something that we can improvise for. Someone said recently that as for healthcare professionals in uh, an under deprived community, we are constantly improvising. Mm. We are improvising CPAP. We are improvising this. We are impro- you know. So we, if there was something that we could do at our level, aside advocacy, we would have done long ago because we are doing a lot of that already. Mm. But for this one, it's really under the purview Mm. of the Ministry of Health, Mm. the agencies, the government, to ensure that Mm. we have these vaccines available. And that is why they are the ones who need Mm. to give us the answers. It's a minute past nine. My guest is Dr. Hilda Boyce. She's the president-elect of Pediatric Society of Ghana, outgoing vice president. Doc, the Pediatric Society issued a, I don't know what to call it, a a, a bulletin, but this was after your your, uh, annual general and scientific meeting in February in Kumasi. And it seems to me your communicate and the kind of things we are doing was more concerned about environmental health yes. and children's well-being, talking about the weather, talking about the pollution. Yes. So I, I'm, not, I'm not even sure your meeting anticipated this level of vaccine shortage. No. What is environmental health and why was the society concerned about that at your recent AGM? All right. Generally now, mm. pollution is a big issue mm-hmm. across the world. Okay. We see a lot of dust. We see a lot of smoke. We see a lot of water pollution, mm. even noise pollution, very loud noises in churches, mm-hmm. in our neighborhoods because there's a funeral or a party here. So we sought to bring it to the fore so that mm-hmm. 
parents are empowered, the stakeholders, the the government, and all these regulatory authorities that are supposed to ensure that mm-hmm. our environment is clean and our environment is safe for our children do their jobs and we will not sit and wait for look at the issue of galamse we've spoken about galamse for months for years Mm -hmm. where are we now children are still constantly falling in these polluted water bodies and drowning in them and you see not all these stories will even come out but one death of a child is a death too many if this is a preventable death Mm -hmm. the children have many many problems already and for those that we can preempt and prevent we want to be able to do that and encourage those who are supposed to do their jobs to mm-hmm. do it to protect mm-hmm. their children so the focus was on general environmental health general environmental health any specific diseases you were looking at as far as children were concerned within that environmental health issue because i remember i think two weeks ago the ep asked that people should wear masks yes and that type of thing yes. is it what kind of conditions specifically were we looking at so well for that the asthma pneumonia and all those fall under especially if you're looking at Mm -hmm. respiratory illnesses but we also looked at the issue of beth asphyxia Mm -hmm. and when you say beth asphyxia in a simple way you're looking at babies who are born who did not cry at birth Mm -hmm. i'm just making it very simple Mm -hmm. and in this condition when the babies do not get oxygen enough oxygen going to the brain it can cause them to have brain damage Mm. and now we have a lot of children who have cerebral palsy Mm. who develop this cerebral palsy and other disabilities hearing impairment they cannot hear and they developed all this as a result of not having air at birth Mm. and we appreciate that infrastructure there are gaps in infrastructure we appreciate that there are gaps in skill because depending on where you deliver if you do not get the attention that you need or you do not have the equipment that is needed as a healthcare professional to resuscitate the child mm. or the baby, mm. then you may have the baby developing disability in later life. Mm. And all these have a cost that the parents bear, a cost that the nation bears mm-hmm. as a result of these disabilities mm-hmm. and the burden on our healthcare system. Mm. So really, we wanted to highlight it. We have done a number of trainings for our healthcare professionals to, re- to to learn how to help babies breathe, essentially, but also to bring it to the fore mm. at our AGSM. And it's something that we are going to talk about again mm. sometime this year. I want to remind listeners of the last time we spoke to the health, uh, min- health uh, authorities on this, where we spoke to Dr. Patikuma Buaji. Was it? This is a... What, what date was this? We'll try and remember shortly. In the meanwhile, we're talking to Dr. Hilda Boy, President-elect Pediatric Society. How many pediatricians do we have in Ghana, by the way? Do we know? We're in the hundreds. Oh, you're not up to a thousand? No, no, we'll not be up to Ooh, a thousand. You're in the hundreds, okay. Yes, we're in the hundreds. Um, and uh, the other question was about the... Um, okay, the posting. I'll come to that later. Let mm. me... So, uh, this interview was... Um, I don't know the date. 23rd February. Right, so that's uh, two weeks ago. Mm. 23rd February. I spoke to Dr. Patikuma Bwaji about the shortage of vaccines. Here's an excess of that interview. We found out around January that we were shortened. So we do with the redistribution where regions where they have excess uh, distributor whilst we're waiting to address the, the, the supply chain challenge. So I, I would say about uh, six weeks. Uh, but of course, as the day goes by, the shortages get acute as when we prepare to get the vaccines to be brought in. Some mothers contacted us and claimed that as far back as June 2022, they had been turned away for one of the three you mentioned. 
So, you, but you're saying that the situation began in general. There is, there is always maldistribution in specific facilities. Okay, so that cannot be attributed to because they may have a cold chain problem. They may have had um, a supply. They may not probably pick their supplies, etc. And so, in all the over 9,000 centers that we run, we are going to have some places, one or two places, where there may be some shortage, not because there's a global shortage, but because of some logistical uh, aberrations that have made them not to have the, the vaccine at the time that they were the person needed. Okay. But in terms of this specific one you are referring to, it is because of exchange rate induced financial yes. shortage. So you have funds that you are going to buy, it's in cities. Or because of the exchange rate, of course, it does not meet up the amount of dollars you need to pay for that. And so uh, it caused a delay. But others are being made, and we expect that within the week or two, it will be flown in and then quickly right. distribute. That's interesting because I thought that the expanded immunization program, a lot of the funding came from one of two sources donor Probably. support and also the global fund. And there, I'm, there I'm, I'm supposing that these monies are paid two, in foreign there, currency. There are two sources. We have the Gavi one, which is which Ghana pays a co fund, which is co share with Gavi. That is available. There's also the traditional one, which Ghana pays 100%. And that is where, of the five, that's where we have uh, three that is short that we are bringing them in. So for the Gavi one, Half of it is paid by external sources, and then we match the funding. But then, yeah, the, we match the funding, yeah. But we the other it. one is 100% government so of Ghana money. Yeah, yeah. Do we know the level of financial outlay or how much finan- the financial gap is for that particular one, the second one you referred to? There's a gap. Normally, uh, plus everything, it should be about, uh, about three to four million dollars. But you can decide to buy them in the various quarters, and so uh, that's what. But this three to four million dollars will be per annum. Uh, not necessarily, but about half a year or so. Oh wow! So for so we so we we've made the necessary arrangement to get stocks in and quickly as we put in efforts to make sure that we catch up on all those things. So that is the situation. Mm. Which which, which, which suggests that we didn't have stock ahead of time, so that when the uh, exchange rate challenges came and we didn't have the money, then there was a shortage because if we no, have there's stock... Always, there's always a time within which these orders are made. Vaccines have cold chain issues. They also have expiries. So there's a timeline within which based on your stocks you order. So you don't just buy and keep. All right. There's a time within which you need to get them. All right. Now, the other question which I believe the public wants to know is, so now that we have had this shortage, we are we've done a big campaign nationwide about vaccination is possibly the yeah. most successful public education campaign in africa the fact that every mother whether they give birth in hospital or not will take their child for vaccination so it's a big thing how long can mothers stay without vaccinating their infants i'm i've said that within the next two weeks we should express some supplies and we'll do a massive catch-up campaign to ensure that those who missed it are, are vaccinated. Normally, we are able to do a lot of vaccination in a very short time, as you are aware. So once the supply comes in, we quickly do a catch-up. Where there are areas where we need to do some mass vaccination, 
that will also be done to ensure that uh, we don't postpone any possible outbreaks, etc. But you see, vaccination um, has a minimum interval. It doesn't have a maximum time that you can give it. But ideally, it has to be given within a certain range. So even though if you are supposed to do it in six weeks and you miss four weeks, it's so appropriate that the next dose can be given to four to So So, and again, don't take this question wrongly. Had the graphic not done this story, when were you hoping to announce to parents that there was a shortage and that you would do a catch-up program? Because this really is a media campaign oh, that, has, that has brought this out. I think, I think, I think you are in a crack. The service is everywhere. The communities, the district directors, they have engaged their people and they've informed them about this is going to be at as soon as we can do a, a catch-up campaign by vaccination for you. So it is not something that has to be done always at a central level. And we didn't have shortages in all districts, and we still don't have shortages in all districts. But yeah, doc, but doc, but doc, honestly, the so they are dealing with them. Doc, the story. Let me give you where they did Takrade, Cape Coast, Sunyani, Kumasi, Koforidua. They did Wa. They did Bolga. It's a national story. So if you're saying that I'm in Accra, and therefore I mean, oh no, all the people who were spoken to in this story were just saying that they didn't have the medicine. They didn't know it was going to come. So my question is that no, let me. I'm framing the question. I'm saying that had it not been for the report, we would not know that there was even a plan to do a catch-up. So and, I, and I, there was. So if Ghana Service had come out to say, look, we have a shortage induced by foreign forex in two three weeks, we are going to get vaccines, and we are going to ask all mothers who have not vaccinated to come back. This story would not even have been necessary. This has been this story has come out because media people have gone out to check because of people's complaints. So it's almost like we are chasing the story. So if I'm asking you, how are you going to catch up? And you say, well, it's people already know. I I I I, I beg you, I don't think people know. Bernard, I don't think know people that know. Ghana Health Service has always been upfront with information before the media ask questions. This as you looking for your supplies and make sure that we have some information and definite dates for people. That is what it is. And we, we have not hidden it. The community, the district have been engaging their community and telling them about the shortage and doing some models to redistribution from crystals where they have access to. So that until uh, where we have some of these shortages. So well, if the parents knew, they wouldn't be thronging the hospitals and keep asking. I mean, when our reporter went to them. You know how. No, I, I don't. I don't know. Because, I don't. I don't know because we are right now. Doc, we we have we have we have one of the most. Bernard, it's not at all vaccines. Ah, uh, we are doing about eleven of them. Yeah, but the it's three, the three, doc, doc, the three basic vaccines. In fact, people yeah. who have contacted me here include doctors who are saying that. They have not been able to vaccinate their children because they don't know when the vaccine will come. And these are doctors working in the public health service telling me. So if you're telling me that there's already a plan to catch up, and even doctors who no, have no, no, kids no. have not... What I'm saying is that once the vaccines come in, those who need vaccination will quickly be vaccinated. And the community announcement will be made and all those people will be brought in to, to get vaccinated. So, yes, we are telling that there has been a shortage we anticipate that we'll get it much earlier than it is. Could this not lead to a reversal in the gains in the public success of national immunization programs? Yes, we are very concerned. That's why we are working very hard around the clock with the ministry and the minister to make sure that we have the stocks, not just for the reversal, 
but we ensure that we don't have any outbreak of, of disease. And so we're working on it to ensure that we have them done. Hopefully, um, the issue about vaccine is that even when you have missed a certain point, you can always take them. And that's what I'm talking about, the catch-up. And then we also make sure that we put in systems to make sure this unfortunate incident doesn't happen. You've not seen this for years. I don't remember the last time you heard about shortage of vaccines in the country. So that tells you that this is not a very usual practice uh, expectation. Uh, so it's very hard. And thank you for yeah. also bringing it up. And I'm sure this yeah. education also helps yeah. go around yeah. for people to know that yeah. this is a challenge that in the next two, three weeks, we should get vaccines. So I wanted to take, I want to get a final comment from you. Final comment in terms of assurance. You, you said in the next two, three weeks. Yeah. I want you to be a bit more specific whether in those next two, three weeks, the, the, back, the, the just excuse me, the, the backlog, you see, there's, a, there's been a shortage that we believe has been on since June. You are saying it's from January, no problem. What quantity are we going to get in the next two, three weeks? And will that quantity be enough to deal with the number of babies who need to be vaccinated within the two, three weeks that you refer to? It will bring in enough to do catch up to be enough to do things for bringing in the vaccine. Of course, it's coming and, and availability. That's why I've given a range of between two to three weeks. It will be available to vaccinate all children. And I also want to add that it is not every vaccine that is in short supply. There are others are available. The DPTs, the MRs, and the, DP, the DTs, they are all available. So those who need can still go get what they need the meningitis, they are all available. What is missing is this, the one at birth, which is BCG and that. And so, and we assure them that as soon as it comes, we also make the necessary step all right. too. Alright, so that was Dr. Patukuma Bwaji. That interview was live on the 23rd of February. So that's 12 days ago. So on Thursday will be the two weeks. So the three weeks start from Thursday. We're still waiting. And, um, Doc, I don't know, do you know if the situation has improved in the facilities that you are in? No. So, still the same thing? No, yes. Okay. It's still the so, same. we are now entering the three, of the two, three. Mm. The, the two to three weeks, we are waiting. And he says the vaccines will be available. Now, we know at least three of the vaccines, the VC, BCG, yeah. the tuberculosis. The BCG is the, the yeah, BC, yes. Then the polio. Yes. The rotavirus, the, the, the polio was... Mentioned in some cases, then the rotavirus, mm -hmm. the pneumococcal, mm -hmm. and then the measles vaccine. So it's about three or four, actually. Yes. That are, that are not here. Yes. All right. Uh, just a, f a final question to you. Um, I don't know whether this is fair to ask, but we just spoke to a district health director yeah. who says there's, there's, he's the only doctor in the whole of Wa East. Uh, for, you've been being a doctor for a while. Yes. This doesn't surprise you, does it? Hmm, it doesn't surprise me, but at the same time, when I look at the issues around distribution of doctors, mm -hmm. government has a role to play, mm -hmm. but people cite different reasons mm -hmm. for not wanting to move out into the district. I mean, I'm in Accra now, so it's difficult to see. If you ask me why didn't I move out there, I never really sought to not move out there. I just happened to remain here, did my specialization here and all. But when I move into the district, so I've traveled around the country quite a bit and I see the conditions under which people live and people work. A major concern is often 
the school that their children will attend, the amenities for their families and all that. Mm-hmm. And Ghana has been a country called Ghana for 66 years. Mm-hmm. Again, I think this also falls under leadership. And mm-hmm. leadership is course mm-hmm. and the rest effect. You can talk, you can give reasons, you can give explanations, excuses. But if you want to get the job done as a leader, you get it done. There will be a few troubles or a few bottlenecks here and there, but you get the job done. This issue has been an issue for many years. And if you do not provide the solution, which is what... I mean, a good school shouldn't just be there because you you want to attract a doctor there. The people who are living in those communities also deserve to attend good schools. So how difficult is it for us as a country to decide that every region needs maybe good amenities fundamentally and these are things that can be done we can find ways to attract these doctors there some have complained about the lack of uh, uh, sort of opportunities to do other jobs like locums and also these are real issues but incentivizing their incentivizing them so that they will stay some have said okay if you add this to my salary or do this or do that. But some of the other things that are not just monetary, like the amenities and all, are things that the government can actually sit and have a plan for. Mm. If we have a plan for this country and we work at it, there's no way that we will be sitting here and talking about the same things every day. Mm. Look, Bernard, when I went to the U.S. the very first time and I came back, I was sad. Mm. I was sad because I saw all the missed opportunities that we have as a country. Mm. We as Ghanaians, as people in Ghana, very brilliant people. There's nothing that we cannot do. And even in management now, we have people who have attended Yale, Harvard, the, 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 Hopkins, the everywhere. everywhere the big, yes. So you cannot tell me that mm-hmm. these people don't have exposure. They don't know what should be done. Mm. But why are the right things not being done to put us up there because if we look at this country 50 years from now and what we are doing currently Mm. we will still be talking better you talk and talk and talk the same issues for the next 10 years 15 years and you get hypertension if you are not careful are you are you 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 say the pediatricians are not up to a thousand no they are not we are not yes on you guys to also travel and leave the country do you know if some of your members are leaving are they taking up the offer People are honestly leaving and they are leaving the country because of the hardships, because of the depreciation of the city. The salary is now, you know, the, the figure remains in Ghana cities, but then the value of it. So you look at yourself and you say, the work that I'm doing, I mean, if I'm out there, what is the potential? How much am I likely to be earning? And we're all working really hard. So if you look at the opportunities and the potential, then you ask yourself why you're staying. But many of us will continue to stay, except that the people who call the shots, mm-hmm. those who decide the value of the currency that we are all earning as Ghanaians, should do their job mm-hmm. and ensure that we get value for our money and mm. we also get our due when it comes to su- we should not sit down and just watch our money turn into mm. coins mm. you know over mm. the period mm. when we are continuing to 
give off our best and work hard mm. and if we are not careful we'll get to a point where many people who are able to leave will just leave mm. and then what remains and many of our politicians who are calling the shots are sending their children abroad Sorry. these schools these amenities that we are complaining about they are not using these facilities no many of them are not even if their children are in ghana they are using the big big you know the big schools the international ones and all and the free S- Bernard, if you leave me, I'll talk. Uh, I the free SHS I, 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 I want you to that, talk you know? because I can, <laughs> I, I can feel the frustration. It's terrible. So, Bernard. even from a perspective of a pediatrician who is part of an organization of pediatricians, clearly you feel frustrated that the system is not working. All right, Goffey, let's read a few quick comments as we wrap up this discussion on health. Uh, we've been talking to Dr. Hilda Mantibia Boy. She's the president elect Pediatric Society of Ghana. The situation has not improved. It's been 12 days since we interviewed the GHS. The minister is appearing before parliament today and still there does Hopefully not... Hopefully he does. He, he will go because based on all the reports we've had, he's confirmed that he's going to go. So maybe our <laughs> team will... I don't know if they'll allow us Hopefully to do a live, a live coverage. Good I don't morning, know. Bernard. Yeah. The vaccine shortage is widespread. My daughter was due for one of the shots in July. Mm. Uh, we roamed many health facilities, including Kolebu, for weeks. Mm-hmm. On one of our last visits to Kolebu, one of the nurses took my number to give me a call when they take delivery of vaccines. Mm-hmm. She called me in October, that was last year, and we went for a shot. As we speak, there is a shortage of vaccines. Mm. Um, Foster is saying that he's texting from Labadi. Mm. As, he's asking a question. He says, what type of vaccine is a one-year-old expected to get? She just went through the list. There are different vaccines okay, so for different example, stages. So maybe, maybe she can just try and run through them oh, again. Or we don't oh, have time. She probably sent this before she's been answered the okay. question. Um, dear Bernard and team, on the data sheet, there should be an annual rotation of, for doctors to go and come. Um, this is Parkofi. On the Y East issue, this one says there is no hospital in the district. So even if doctors are available, they still can't offer many services in the health centers. Mm. Sadly, in the midst of all these needs, uh, we spent money on an Independence Day celebration. Mm. This is from BB. Mm. And um, this one is saying, this mm. Kwame says, as a health worker working in a I take it from me that this issue is not going to end soon. And it is easy for us living in Accra to bash people who refuse postings. Mm-hmm. But have your thoughts about the case we have, our living conditions? And to be honest, there are no extra economic activities you can carry out to augment your income. Mm-hmm. Unless we fix our system, this will not end. Even those in Accra are finding their way out of All Ghana. Right. Thank you, Dr. Hilda Mantebia Boy. I appreciate your coming into the studio. Time check is 9.24. Still up next, Her- Heritage Month on a series. We'll be talking about the Gonja with Kweku Dakuankra, who, by the way, celebrating his birthday today. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be wishing him happy birthday shortly. Uh, but Provident Insurance is 40 years old. We welcome you to a new year. Remember to insure your new car or renew your existing motor insurance policy from now till 31st March and get free gifts such as fuel coupons and several other branded Provident souvenirs. Rest for insurance cover now. Terms and conditions apply. Providence with, uh, with Provident, man, you are covered. If you are looking for a prime property to buy or invest for immediate returns, with only $50,000, you can own one of the three-bedroom apartments at Sakumano Estate for immediate haircuts, free returns, and benefits. We also sell and install original Japan Fuji elevators and escalators in your high-rise buildings and malls. For the best result, be advised that technical details of the elevator and escalator have to be incorporated into your building at the construction stage. So call or WhatsApp 0200. 535-515 that's 0200-535-515 visit us at Sakumono near the Celebrity Golf Course this way property investment your haircut free investment and Vodafone Business presents Too Much Business the number one mobile plan for businesses in Ghana today 
with Vodafone too much business you have the best mobile plan on the market gives your business the best value means you have the flexibility to choose voice data and SMS packages that suit your business size and ambitions get more minutes for Vodafone to Vodafone calls and calls to other networks data and SMS in one complete mobile package you can now take your business to the next level with Vodafone Too Much Business. Send starts to 0507-779-000 or email vodafonebusiness.gh at vodafone.com. We'll be right back. This is the City Breakfast Show. It's the Tuesday edition. Stay with us. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. CDFM coming up next is the on air series. Is it uh, helped Heritage Month before that? Start your undergraduate or master's program this March at Website University and get up to 40% scholarship. Don't miss out on this great opportunity to invest in your future. Open global doors when you earn a quality American master's degree in international relations, business admin, or human resource management in just about 16 months. MBA students can choose a general MBA or specialize in marketing, corporate finance, corporate comms, information technology management, cyber security or project management, or digital marketing. Admissions are open for our undergraduate and graduate programs. Apply now to enroll for our March 2023 intake and get up to 40% off tuition. Call 0540120849 or visit webstar.edu.gh for more information. We continue with our conversations with Kukuda Kwankra this morning. We're talking about the Gonja, how they came to be where they are, their Guan roots, and some of their unique features. This is the City Heritage Month. Welcome to another edition of the Honest Series on Heritage Month here on City FM and City TV. My name is Bernard Avle. Today we're looking at the Gunja. They are the predominant inhabitants of the Savannah region. My guest, Uguda Kankra, will help trace their history, their evolution, and also some of the key places within that enclave. If you're on the Heritage Caravan, watch out for the very impressive uh, mosque at Larabanga. Watch out for the mystic stone not too far from there. And of course, the major entry into the Mole National Park is through Gonja land. And of course, as we speak, the Yabonwura has died and we are told there's going to be plans to be announced concerning his final resting place. So all of that will be part of our conversation. Good to have you. Thank you. It's an interesting time. I'm always linking this to the Heritage Caravan because as people move around the country, for me, one of the most exciting parts of the drive for me was in Gonja land because we had come from the Western Corridor and then we got to... Um, 
solar areas and then we sort of moved into uh, 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 Bole and then Bamboy and that, that part of town. And of course, as I mentioned, the Larabanga Mosque is brilliant. So who are the Gonjas? So the Gonjas are, for now, we describe them as um, amalgamation of the Mbanya, as well as Nyamesi, as well as the Bifo, and then what you call the Anye. All these cluster of people comes together to become what is called Gunja. And I will explain it. So the Mbanya, the, the rulers? Yes. Nyamasi. Who are the, uh, the autochthonous people or the pagan communists? And then the Muslim and community. The Muslim community. The Karamu. The Karamu. 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 Karamu is a short, short form of Karamoku. Karamu. One who is a learner. And then you have the Anye, Anye the slaves. So there are four groups. Mbanya, Nyamesi, Karamu, and Anye. Uh -huh. Good. So the history is that the area now called Gonja was originally inhabited by the autochthonous people or the aboriginals, which are the Chorobu, Mputu, uh, Damputu. Damputu, the Emperor, as well as the Beri people who were there. And in fact, even within them, you have the Vagala, Tampuluma, and others who were also interspersed within. So what happened is that the original, the rulers are called the Mbaya. So the language they speak today is Mbaya language or Mbaya talk. The Mbaya has been anglicized to Gunja. Oh, really? Yes, so the Mbaya has been anglicized to Gunja. The rulers that came to found this kingdom were originally men, the people. And the history traces them from two sources of how they came to the area. The first explains that when the Moroccans invaders invaded the Songhai Empire in around 1590s, the Menda people who were there fled southwards. And some of them came all the way in their desire to find a new land. When they came to the enclave around what is today Gonja land, they started conquering the territories there, dislodging the autochthonous people, and then making towns out of them. The other side of it is that they are deemed to be uh, the leader, which is the Ndewule Japa was said to be sent by the Naba who ruled them in the area to as a punitive expedition into Bego. Bego is a pre-colonial business center which has the Nanfara people who are from the Senofu area in the Burkina Faso and other areas. So they are just like the Mende in a way. So when he was sent in this expedition to come to Bego, when he went there, he realized that there were a lot of Muslims and then this Nanfara people. So he couldn't engaged in expedition. So on his way back, when he reached Bernal, which is Wa, he decided to conquer from there. There were military group which sit on the horseback. And so they were very effective in their military tactics. And in the Ula Japa, the son of Dingolo Japa, who is also a powerful warrior, he named in the Ula means the master. And then the Japa means one who is an effective or expert holder of spears. That is the meaning of his name. Ndewure Japa. Ndewure Japa. Lante. That is the full name. So Ndewure Japa, who is ably aided by Malam Fatigi Murope. The name Pe means Albino. So it shows that he was an Albino Malam who led them. So when they moved all the way from Benai, conquered southward to a place he called Yanga. So at Nyanga, he founded a cottage called the Yabu, 
Yabum will become the place where they will stay, sit, and then that place will become the kingdom of the, the, the become the center of the kingdom, the headquarters. So from there, they started conquering communities. And they have Pembe. Pembe, for instance, the area, the Pembe area, which is called the Salaga Enclave. It was then dominated by the Nanumbes. The Nanumba people were there. So they routed the Nanumbes within that community and swallowed them and created the Salaga areas, which became the Pembe area. So there too, he appointed his son. What Ndewula was doing is, was that when he conquers, he ensured that his sons are given that community to rule. So the Pembe ruler is, then became the leader. So the ruler means the chief or the, the lord of the area. So you still see the autochthonous Guan language still embedded in there. Then he moves on to also find, uh, started expanding his territory when he reached the community. So he started fighting southward. And he fought all the way to the kingdom of the Bono areas. That's, so he has moved all the way from the white black water all the way to Oti River Enclave in the Bono areas. And he invaded there twice. First, under the king Brimpong Ketetra, he was able to defeat the Bono, uh, the Bono Manso people. And then, the, as a result of that defeat, King Brimpong Ketetra had to commit suicide. In around 1590s going, 1590s thereabout, it's around 1593 or so. 95. 95 thereabout. And then he reinvaded the place again in the 17th century, yes, uh, 18th century. Yeah. So when he, he came there around that time too, he was able to defeat the Bruno people again. This time, entering Kentampo areas and expanding the territory. That is how Pana was was also became part of the the Bonja communities that were found there. Today we call it Pana. It's from the in, in Banya language, Pana. Leave it. When you reach there, there was an old lady there, and when they were conquering, he saw the town has an old man standing there. So his warriors asked him, should we do something to him? He said, he spoke it in the Banya language, Pana. Leave the old man alone and let's go. And that is the Pana community you know, which is now a traditional area. So when he defeated the Bono people to this time, under the king, Afana Diamono. Afana Diamono was, was so embittered by it that he also committed suicide. So that is how far. In the so to the south, they conquered to the Bono side. To the Bono side. And then from there, they started to make upward migration again. This time, starting to get a lot of uh, lands. And one of the major places that was of envy to them is Daboya, which was under the power of um, the Dagombes. So they, they fought the Dagombes and defeated under them. Now, uh, now Darisiogo. 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 Uh, and then the Darisiogo was killed in that war. As a result of these incursions that were killing the Dagombes, the Dagombes moved away from their capital, which was below the water there, and then which was called the Yendi Dabari. And then they moved upwards until they reached Chari which was the community of uh, Konkomba people. And then they routed the Konkombas within the community and then settled there and created the capital, Yendi. So the Yendi today was originally the home of the Konkomba. So that's also going to explain some of the historical friction between the Konkomba and the Yendi people. So that is how it happens. And then they went on to take on 
some of the Dagomba territories and they expand them. So they have the Bale, Bale Day, and then they have finally have their uh, seven areas, most important so areas. That's Pembe, Tuluwe, yeah, Tuluwe Wasipe, Wasipe, Kusou, Kusou, Kusogu. Was, uh, that's where Jinapo. Yes. Yapé Kusou, Kong, Kong, Kadia, and Kadia. Bole. Yes. Those are the seven divisions. Very good. However, in the 18th, that is where, on, back in the day, the one who can become the Yabonura, the overlord of the Gonja Kingdom, must come from this seven chieftaincy area where the chiefs are. Any of the seven chiefs could be. But in somewhere in the 1880s, there, 18, was, a, yes, it's there was a war that was staged by the Kong, supported by Kadia, against the Yabonura. And as a result of that, this would have affected the rotational system that was being practiced. That the chieftaincy moved from one of the communities to the other. And as a result of that, the two communities, Kong and Kadia, were removed from uh, becoming elected as the Yabonura. So you said already that there were people who were in the community before the Mende warriors came. Yeah. And so is it that they merged with them or they because it, it, it didn't seem as if they killed the locals yeah so when they will fight you when they defeat you then they uh sort of uh absorb you into them so most of them according to the most of the um oral tradition for some of the other ethnic group as the japa tradition from the gonja side sort of seek to say he fought some of the Aboriginal or the Autochtones. The Autochtones on their versions also say that sometimes they just gave their land to the to the Empire people willingly. These Autochtones described at Yamesi say they gave this land to them willingly. And that is why they are the earth priest, which is called the Tendanes. So if you go to somewhere like Pembe, for example, the Kusaliwa, which is the owner of the land, for instance, it's an autochtone. Why the chieftaincy belongs to the Mbanga people that came from the Mende. Mm. And uh, even the Nawuri, as well as the Intuburu people who were there, who through the 1928-1932, through the indirect rule, also were swallowed to be part of the Gonja Kingdom. So you realize that back in the day, the Gonja Kingdom was uh, amalgamated all around with sometimes weak powers. But their powers was, uh, was strengthened by the indirect rule, which established the Gonja, uh, the Gonja traditional area or authority with the powers given to the Yabonga to administrate. So the Intuburus, who were independent on their own, the Nauris, who are independent on their own, all came under the Gondia traditional area. When we look at the current Ghana, the biggest region is Savannah, which is predominantly occupied by the Gondias. And I think that sort of speaks to the power of the Gondia kingdom in those days. Because you talk about conquering all the way to the south. Did they conquer towards the Oti River at all? Did they go across to the east? Yes, yeah, so they have people all the way to Bupe. All the way to Bupe. Okay? You talk about Dabeya. You talk about uh, Kusegu, all those areas. So you see that it was a consensual effort that they, they were able to you know, expand until Andani Sinigi emerged from the, uh, how do you call it, from the Dagomba side and then defeated the Gondias in taking back some of their lands. That would have made Gondia one of the vast uh, uh, territory within the northern 
territory. But of course, and, in, so the, the Dagumbes fought back and sort of took back part of the land. But eventually, they would all fall under Ashanti rule, right? Yes, eventually, they fall under Ashanti rule during the Ashanti war of expansionism. So what had happened was, when Ashanti was at its apogee, they also decided to conquer the Bulu areas. So some of the land that had been taken over by the Bunges also fell under the uh, power of the, As the Asante. So Asante moved all the way even into the Gonja there, conquered the Gonja people, uh, uh, defeated the Gonja people, defeated the Dagomba people. Okay? That was a lot of... So that is where they get a lot of their slaves to sell into the trans-Atlantic slave trade. So in, for instance, when they defeated Gonja and then the Dagomba, they were to pay about 2,000 tributes of human beings as, as the annual tribute to the Asante kingdom. And this forced them to go and fight uh, uh, to the neighboring autochthonous communities that don't have centralized chiefs. So they raid the, the Konkoma communities, they raid the Bimoba communities, they raid the Tugulus, and so on. And they get the human beings, and, they, and these are the undercurrents that serve as some of the conflicts that we witness in the Northern Territories. This is the Heritage Month, our next series. Today we are looking at the Gonja as we traverse the Savannah region. My guest is Kwekuda Kwankra. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. To understand some of the key issues. Um, I just want to talk a bit about language because you, you've discussed the Guans in the past and then you've spoken about how a lot of the languages that the I can call them the migrant groups speak actually borrows from the Guan language. Is that the same that happened with the Gonja, i.e. The, even though the Mendes were the conquerors, the indigenous language is actually what is spoken. So that, for some reason, con conquering the area did not dilute the language of the, the people who still lived within the Gonja area. Can you elaborate on that? So to elaborate that, and it's studied by, by Professor Dakobo, late Professor Dakobo Krops, who is a linguist, talks about the fact that, you see, the, men, the people that came, came they were not like uh, the, 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 that is the, the Mbanya people that came, who are the rulers of the Gonja uh, traditional areas today, were not as many as the Aboriginals. As you see in the Akan Asante migration, the, uh, the Ewe migration, where they came and the autochthons were small. So what they did, because they were conquerors, when they conquer you, then they put their, uh, the sons of uh, Japa on them. And so they rule. So what happened is that because the other stones were many, their language rather intermingled and produced with them and joined that of Mende. So the Mende language itself in the Mbanya or Mbanyato language today, you cannot trace it, it's just minimal, but you can have majority of the Guan languages of the Nyamesi which is now what is being spoken. That is why uh, former President Omahama will say, I am a Guan and I am an Aboriginal. Because 
It is the Aboriginal language which is still being spoken in the Gwenja community. So this Damputu, Beri, and these groups, their language is what still yes, has become the Gwenja language. The, in the community. Mm -hmm. You see, some of the languages are even dying. Mm -hmm. Like the Emperor, the last time uh, we said go down by Blanche and Co. Around 1969, there were only about five speakers. And right now, I don't know if there's any speaker at all. Because it's merged with other languages. Uh -huh. the, the, when, but one of the most famous mosques, iconic, is called the Larabanga Mosque. It's in Gonja land. It's in Gonja land because of the Muslims that follow the Kramu, eh, the, Kamat, the Kamate people that came. It was a holy man. Were, so they, were they with the Mendes or they came separately? Oh, they came to join. They also came to join. And some of the Kramu also, apparently, as I said, uh, Fatigi Muepe was also a Malam. So he and his people too were, some of them were Malams that were giving spiritual support to in the Ulejapa in his war of conquest. And then the Kamate people who also moved all the way from Saudi Arabia and they were holy men. So last season, we, we discussed Larebanga alone and the history and origin and how they were positioned within the Boli National Park. So that episode, anybody that watched, I oh. went very detailed. It was on its own for about 40 minutes. I see. So we see at that variant of the Abanga Mosque across West Africa, it seems like that's the, the, the architecture that influences a lot of the mosques around. Because when you drive in the enclave, you see different types of the Abanga There's Mosque. an attempt, you know, it's an architectural masterpiece. So others have tried to sort of, you know, imbibe that and that sort of thing. But the Larabanga remains the holy because its formation alone, it is true the vision of God that was given to the Malam for that. To and it's the same Malam who supported? No, it was different. One. That's the Kamate people. It's a different... So they speak different language, Kamara language. Their language is different from the Mbanya. So when you go there, they are speaking different language. They are different, unique people on their own. And they are all Muslims. So they associated with the name Kabara a lot in that community. In, in some of the places like that, in the Dagoma areas, Islamic tradition has been mixed with traditional rulership. So it's a nice blend and so, somehow they're able to coexist. Is that the same with the Gonja? Where yeah. if you go to some of the Dagomba chiefs, they are strong Muslim but also are able to manage their traditional worship in a very nice way. Is that how the Gonja area also is? That is what is associated in the Northern Territory because yeah. of the influence of the Islamic uh, uh, groups within them. If you go to the Akan group in the Anufo area, you know the Anufo people, they are called Tokosi. They are in Chirpon, of a Chirpani area, all the way to Sasan Mango in Togo. And they are Akan people that come from the Bawele enclave mm -hmm. uh, in Ivory Coast, move all the way up there. And this about uh, uh, the Anufa people, and they are called the people of uh, Amo. That also going to stay there. They also mingle some Muslims, so you see that within them to this Islamic tradition, among the Manpuri, you see the same blend of things also going on. Uh, in religious studies, if we talk about that, we call it syncretization. So you see this religious syncretism, a mixture of some the indigenous values, practices, and ritual performances within the Islamic tradition. Mm. And that has blended very well because that is also a way of unifying people without bringing some sort of oppression that you worship this, I worship that, that sort of thing. So that is how the religions have coexisted 
side by side without any rancor in society? I think when they wanted to choose a capital for Savannah, initially there was a lobby for it to go to Salaga, but eventually Damongo won. Historically, we Salaga had an important market, and then but Damongo seems a bit more central geographically. Yeah, so, so, so what happened was originally the capital was at Nyanga, where the Nidewula uh, Japan built a, a, a camp at Yabom. That is why we say the Yabom ran. Around the Yanga, the Yabom started the whole place. So, in the. So, where Yabom is what? The Yabom, like I see from, from the. How do you call it? Oh, Okay, it's something about like a warrior or a leader, somebody, a military person. So there were a bunch of, uh, a group of warriors there. So you hear the term Mbongura, that sort of thing. So okay. that is the Mbongura, where the master or the ruler or the warrior mm -hmm. and his people were. So when he created that one, then he proceeded to, from Nyanga, according to J.M. Brahma, by 1888, there around, they moved the capital from that place all the way to Damango. So Damango became the uh, place where the Tabungra. But Salaga was an important no, trade route. Number one, Salaga, uh, we, uh, in fact, back in the day, there was a, one of the trans West African trade routes, or what we call the Saharan slave route, all the way from Kanu. Eh, it's called the Fatashi. That is the horse trading all the way from Kano to Salaga to come and buy cola. Because you know that was that important rely on cola. And as a result, some historians have heard that Salaga was the biggest market in Africa, if not the world at the time. So all people from all walks of life, people were moving from the Asin enclaves, people were moving from the uh, Fanti, some people were moving from, in fact, from all the southern ethnic groups. They were selling things they have bought from the Europeans, they were sending it to Bebo as well as Salaga. They were the two major markets in the, uh, in the northern enclaves. And they also buy some of their wares there, uh, uh, the Saharian dresses, as well as, in fact, spoons, other architecture, because they were people who were known for metal technology. So when they produce there, they also bring it back from there to the... And there was also a slave market there, because I recall... And another author <laughs> wrote about his visit to Salaga, I think Theophilus Okoku, a Presbyterian catechist who yeah. walked over three weeks to Salaga it, true. and discussed what he saw, a very developed town, but he also spoke about the, the this is around 1840s, about the remnants of the slave trade in Salaga as well. Yeah. <laughs> Wa ba jaga e jaga jaga wa ja shong Wa ba jaga e jaga jaga wa ja shong